Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amanu, the writer-director of Aviation. Hi, I'm Brando Benetton, director of Nightfire. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hi, this is James Kellen Brussack, the writer, director, and producer. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stewart, page the screen.com up in my bunk piece. Yeah, that's my motorcycle running and tracking over my fucking sneakers, genius, with Dom, eating pizza, and pussy. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. From, from, from page to screen. Hello. Oh. Good evening, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm alright, other than the fact, uh, like, ten minutes ago I got stung in the hip three times by a wasp in my own house. Ouch. That's, what, that's pretty much what I said, to be honest. <laughs> it was like, so I'll come out of the bath and wear towel and whatnot. And then I'm like, ow, oh, my hip hurts for some reason. Well, it's like banged it or something, blah, 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 blah. So check, nothing there. And then uh, went into the bedroom and then there's buzzing. So I'm like, oh, I'm not having a fly flying around while I'm on a podcast. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the window and there's a wasp trying to get out. And then I looked at my hip and I've got like three massive lumps there. So I got stung by a wasp, which I might add... A, is breaking the social distancing rules mm-hmm. because it is not living in our household. So I'm hoping I don't get into trouble for that. So, But it wasn't my fault. So that I was going to say, if, if anybody, the, that wasp, wasp should be uh, locked up and fined. And... It should be. I wouldn't mind. I'll let it go. I should have killed its arse. <laughs> so, so that hurt. So that was my uh, 10 minutes ago. But uh, yeah, other than that, I'm doing all right. It's just me and you tonight. Because uh, I think I sent a text message a couple of days ago saying Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Bob replied about a couple of hours ago saying uh, Thursday, Friday's best for me. I thought, well, I've already arranged one with Rob, so I will reply to Bob <laughs> later on and tell him Bob has the week off. So, uh, yeah, it's just us having a catch up. So. Fair enough. Um, majority of this podcast will be geek stuff and movie stuff and non real world stuff because the real world is depressing at this moment in time so. crazy is uh is the term i think so if we do touch upon it that's okay but i was <laughs> I, I was pondering it's like do we discuss it do we do and what i'd learned from twitter is just don't discuss it <laughs> it's just not worth it because i put a tweet out um and this is me not discussing it, obviously. And I'll, I'll be very quick, I promise. So I, I know what you're on about as well, but carry on. So I put a tweet out, uh, I don't know how many days ago, but like four or five days ago, so, so several days ago, yeah. about the, the craziness going on in the States. Mm-hmm. And my tweet was, um, I understand people are angry. 
and I genuinely do totally get why they're angry uh, I get the fact why they're raging I fully understand that too but when it comes to I'm going to smash up a Nike shop and run off with some sneakers or I'm going to put a Starbucks window through and you know loot it I don't understand mm-hmm. that so that was pretty much my tweet and then next thing I know a filmmaker who I'd been supporting for seven-ish years mm-hmm. just just replied back with a single word what? So, I, I mean, it was like five in the morning when I got this tweet. So I'm thinking, I don't really understand. It's five in the morning. I'm at work. I don't know what's going on. How do you know what month is? I don't quite understand what what means. <laughs> so I went back with <laughs> what, what, question mark. And then I didn't hear anything. And then I clicked on his profile. I think later on that morning, he unfollowed me. So I'm like, okay, still confused, thinking... I have no idea what's happened there. Genuinely, I have no clue. <laughs> I don't know why this guy that I've been a supporter of for years has unfollowed me. No idea. I'm guessing he read my tweet, somehow didn't understand what I was saying, even though I can't quite understand how my tweet could have been misinterpreted. But So it genuinely did baffle me. So I private messaged him and I said, Look, I said, did I, have I done something wrong? I said, maybe it's the fact I'm... 10 hours into an 11 hour shift and it's like 5, 6 in the morning but I'm genuinely confused uh, I have noticed that you've unfollowed me uh, mm-hmm. I have no idea why if I've, if I've said something wrong do let me know but I, I genuinely have no clue so he came back saying I was just uh, I'm, I've, you've not paid me off however I was massively disappointed with your very sweeping statement to the situation I would love that you research the subject a little more in the same passionate way that you do movies. So I'm thinking, I still don't know what's... I mean, I know what's going on in the US because I'm not blind and I have social media and I see the news and stuff. But it really annoyed me. Annoyed me and kind of miffed me me off a little bit because I'm thinking, well, my as far as I'm concerned, my tweet was... It was just a tweet. It, it didn't include anybody in it. It wasn't targeted at any specific people or anything like that. It was just like, I thought it was genuine. It's like, I understand people, you know, uh, I don't want to say I understand people rioting, but I understand people protesting and protests get out of hand and blah, blah, blah. But I still do not understand why people go out and smash businesses up. I can only hazard a guess that he he misinterpreted my tweet and thought that I was saying the people protesting were the ones torching businesses maybe mm-hmm. some maybe some are maybe some aren't um and then I, so i'd put a tweet out going you know telling people i genuinely don't understand this and loads of people liked it so i'm guessing this filmmaker was just a bit of a div i don't know i don't know what was going on so that kind of taught me right i ain't talking about this sort of thing <laughs> on social media it's not worth it so on the monday night i think the people were talking about blackout tuesday which was was a thing Mm-hmm. Where um, they were like, right, change your social media, you know, tweet, Instagram, whatever it is, to a black square, and don't use social media. Just stay off it. So I thought, I'm all for that. That's fine. I'll do that. So I got up, did that, and then halfway through the day, when I was logging on to go to my night job, obviously that is social media, but that's not my own account. It is work's account. If people contact us, we have to reply. So therefore, I have to use it. Mm-hmm. And then social media seemed to be filled with people going, oh, all those that 
changed your account to the to uh, the blackout Tuesday, and you're like, what's the point? Doesn't do any good. It's doing more harm than good. I'm like, what is the right solution? I don't know. It was well confusing. So I had no idea what the hell was going on. So then I vowed, right, I'm definitely not joining in public conversations because I've seen too many people being verbally attacked for saying things that don't deserve being verbally attacked for. Mm -hmm. And watching the news feeds, you would see so much fake, and I hate to use a Trump phrase, but so much fake news being uh, swapped around. So pictures would be shown going, look, this has happened. And then like four or five hours later, you would get somebody going, no, that picture's been photoshopped. That picture's 10 years old. That picture's this, that picture's that. And it's just, oh, Twitter is pretty horrible at the minute. So it's uh, yeah, it's not worth just uh, not joining in the political conversation because you're damned if you say something and you're damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, I saw people saying, "Look, if you've not donated to a campaign, if you've not signed a petition, you're a waste of space." It's like, what? Maybe we've not all got money. To I don't. It's just it's a big old mess. So, um, so I was going to do like a whole episode on the whole, but yeah, it's not. I'm not going to bother. I think it's too chaotic at the minute. Everybody's emotions are way too high, understandably. Mm-hmm. And I and just to repeat a phrase that I've mentioned whatever you say somebody's going to jump on you and if you don't say anything somebody's going to jump on you so for the next few days i'm going to hide out in my geek world and watch lots of movies and play lots of video games and just yep. generally hibernate i think it's uh, mm-hmm. the world is is a strange time it reminds me of those in 2019 who went oh God, i'm glad 2019's over <laughs> yeah let's just fast forward to 2021 shall we well, let's just hope 2021 it gets better. It's not going to, though, is it? I mean, it's like this, this crap's been going on since 2016 with this. Oh, I'm glad this year's yeah. over. I remember people in 2016 going, can't wait for 2017. And it's just every year now. And I think, I don't well, know. Did, I don't know did you going. hear the news on um, COVID 19 um, where um, the government, at least uh, I believe the Welsh government, are saying that there might be. Um, kind of lockdown in place um in place over winter no i didn't um, hear that because obviously I, I suppose winter's seen as um this kind of um the one of the worst times for for these kind of flu like yeah true um diseases so um they were saying uh, yeah that they, they, they're on about um that there could be possible lockdowns over over the winter periods to contain things and, and keep things i'm thinking can we not just work on getting rid of it for good rather than well let's let people out there now and then you know in a couple of months when it gets bad again we'll uh i think i get why they're doing it they're they're trying to build up a slow immunity but it's a, it's a hell of a risk it's like by building up a slow immunity and so that so that will come a time where most people have the resilience to it, although you can catch it more than once. One of my work colleagues, she's got it mm-hmm. again. So well, anybody, anybody who says you can only get it once, no, it's not true. You can get it more than once. Yeah, if you, if you look at, um, the, there was a, a good study on, um, I think it was Australian that I read the, um, the information on it and they'd been studying um, the, the corona strain of viruses. Mm-hmm. Um, for 35 years and they'd got so many people in this study and um, they would do regular checks with them over 35 years to see how their body reacts to different 
coronaviruses they've been getting mm-hmm. and um, checking things like how long they then have stayed immune and and um, their findings showed that that on gen- generally um, the immunity lasts about six months maximum um for for most coronaviruses now obviously we don't know about you know covid19 um that that's one of the problems we don't know enough about it but you know if it follows suit with uh with kind of the the rest of uh the the coronaviruses then um it doesn't look like we're going to be be able to get uh immune just by catching it once or twice it's um you know, it, it, it's something, you know, very different. So, I mean, sequels are generally similar to the one that came before, so I don't see how COVID-19 will be too much different from yeah. COVID-18, 17, 16, or, or such like. But it's, uh, and I believe Wales are on about doing a four-week return to school at the end of June for a short yeah. term. What's your um, thoughts on that one? Um, it's... It's not mandatory. That's one okay. of the things that they've said. It's um, it's it's going to be four weeks of of opening before the the summer holidays, and it's to prepare kids for what school is going to be like in September. So yes. to show them, you know, this is kind of you know the the new routines these are you know we're going to put you in small groups and these will be your your friend group basically your friend bubble um and these are the ones you've got to unfortunately stay with you can't kind of interact with other bubbles to try and uh, um you know uh, stop the spread of of the virus and you know you 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 can't get close to people you've got to keep washing your hands you you know you staggered play times staggered lunch times could you imagine if this was like going on when we were at school right rob and stewart so you're not allowed to hang around with anybody yes now nobody's allowed to come near you brilliant and uh, just keep your distance and uh, just keep yourself to yourself fantastic i could love school (laughs) that'd be amazing I know I'd be uh, skipping in every morning. Now, don't hang around the big groups. Yeah, like, that's going to happen. I'd have hung around a bit. I hung around it. I'd go, teacher, can I be a little group on my own? I am perfectly all right with that. I have no problem whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I'll I stay over here with my Star Trek action figures, miss. <laughs> I'm over here with my Boba Fett figure. I'll just be playing with it in a sandpit. <laughs> Oh, but it makes sense, I suppose, doing a little short-term mm-hmm. thing. It's like when you start a new job on a Friday or something, isn't it? You go, what's the point? It's one day because you get all the orientation stuff out of the way. And then when you go back on the Monday, then you're up and running. But mm-hmm. the world's weird. Annette and I took a walk down to our nearby town today to pick a prescription and stuff up. And you, what lockdown? Mm-hmm. You would not be able to. We we saw right the queue for the the drive-through queue for the McDonald's. It was big enough that it was causing uh, gridlock round roundabouts. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was nuts because we got on the bus to come back up because it's like a half-hour walk. Mm-hmm. So we walked all the way down and then caught the bus coming up. And the bus was very secure. The driver was behind a screen. They've got the contactless payments for mm-hmm. your uh, for your card that you can use now, which wasn't a thing weeks and weeks ago. People are generally sitting distances apart and stuff. So that was great. But we sort of hit traffic. We're like, what the hell's causing this traffic thing? Oh, yeah, McDonald's queue. <laughs> God's sake. Uh, madness. Yeah, it's... So, um, and... Uh, you know, you, you just look at all the pictures of um, beaches and <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I think we need to box it off and stick it over in the corner because we could go on for hours. I think everybody knows our own thoughts on uh, on it. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. So geeky stuff. Yeah. So, do you remember? Remember I, uh, I I spoke about the Apollo 13 watch party that obviously I didn't manage to attend because yep. I was at work. Well, there was another one this Saturday gone for the Breakfast Club which Ooh. I was at work, so obviously I wasn't able to attend that one either. But had I been able to attend that one, that also would have been amazing with mm-hmm. lots of people swapping uh, gifts and and facts and stuff about the uh, the Breakfast Club. Anthony Michael Hall was there who was in the film, so he'd mm-hmm. taken over the Universal All Access Twitter account. People were asking cool. him about the movies, he was sharing pictures of him with Molly Ringwald now. And then him with Molly Ringwald. Then, and mm-hmm. it would have been uh, it would have been a wonderful. I just wished I was able to attend for that <laughs> one hour and forty five minutes because it would have been absolutely amazing. Uh, but I don't think there are any more Twitter watch parties. Uh, I, I may try and persuade Neil Johnson to uh, to somehow do uh, you know Rogue Warrior one. So you know, I'm in for that. Me, me you, and him can just sit down and Tracy yep. can be there, and we can all just you know start the hashtag and, and stuff like that. So. Uh, Neil, make that a thing. Yeah, uh, instead it. of instead of chasing volcanoes, dude, which you've been doing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would definitely. Well, you know, it, it's safer than going to the beach nowadays. Well, you can't get a space at the beach, to be honest, because they're <laughs> absolutely packed. So yeah, have I, have I been busy? Have I been busy? I think I've been busy. Oh, I bought a couple of new things for my geek walls. So I've started. Ooh, tell um, me. I've got a. It's a. It's a make of figure called Necker. I saw somebody I'd never heard of them before and I was looking at these movie maniac figures because I used to have some of those years ago but they're well pricey (laughs) they're well expensive so I thought I'm not (laughs) going to bother with some of them but I saw somebody on Twitter and she'd shared a picture of I think it was a Michael Myers one she got so I messaged her and went what is that where'd you get it what what make is it she said it's a Necker one so I'm like okay how much it cost she's like 35 quid so I'm like where'd you get it from so I'd look on Amazon and Amazon had a whole bunch of these NECA figures mm-hmm. and I looked at them and I saw a really cool Hellraiser pinhead one Ooh. and I think it was 37 quid I think it was so it wasn't cheap but it wasn't mm-hmm. like movie maniacs type and yeah. the detail looked well good so I thought right, I'm loving it so I ordered it and about a week later it showed up and the detail is fantastic I ended up sharing a, sharing a picture of it on my uh, on Twitter and stuff but I'll reshare that again but I may NECA may be my new friend. They do look Ooh. really, really cool. You get little spare hands with it. There's a little Hellraiser puzzle box. There's all these little weapons. The detail <laughs> is fantastic on them things. Mm-hmm. So I've NECA been running for quite a while then. Years, oh, years. they've been they've been around for for many many years. Um, um, you know, I was you know when I first started. Um, my sci-fi shop off um i was stocking um necker um items so um you know we're we're you know talking a long time so yeah have you ever been into the collecting of the the figures was that something you'd take up again or is it would you suffer from space i mean to be fair the ultimate figure you've got is that huge fucking dalek <laughs> yeah which is yeah. What, about five foot or something like that i think it's uh, yeah life yeah. size so um it, it, it's probably bigger than five foot um i i obviously i've got the um the funko collection going yep um you know so you know i've got the over some oversized funkos now i've got like the um 
the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, oversized Funko, and um, you know, so that's fun. And they're um, kind of piling up in my office with um, you know, urgent need of a home. Yeah, trying, um, trying to get your geek wall up and running is not easy. I have no. I have geek things all over my house, and I would really, and I might try and do that over the next few days, is just fully geek out my workspace because mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going back to the office anytime soon, from uh, <laughs> from all accounts, which is fine by me. Um, I've obviously I um, collected the Star Trek action figures. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Still nowadays, I get kind of um, my mum will come over on a visit. Obviously, not at the moment. Yeah. Um, she'd be stopped by North Wales Police on the A55. Plus, <laughs> plus the goats would be like, uh, "What? What do you want?" This yeah. is our house. Get lost. Um, you know, she'll come ho- come over, and she's brought a box that they've found in the loft and open it up. And I'm like, "Oh, look! It's a, it's a boxed wharf action figure that I never opened because I knew keeping them in their boxes would be worth something one day." Um, yeah, so I've still got you know all of those. I've got um, original um, Star Wars action figures that I wasn't um, as precious about, so they were all um, opened and played with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got quite a good figure collection um, in various places. You need to you need to do what I need to do and get them all. Just make like an insane workspace, mm-hmm. and just even long enough just to take a bunch of pictures, and then uh, tweet it out, send it to me, send it to Neil, send it to John Fouts, mm-hmm. and send it to Tracy Birdsall because we're all going crazy with the geek wall stuff at the minute. <laughs> so I think currently I think John Fouts may win because he does have a lot of really cool like weapons and all that sort of stuff on his wall. But uh, who knows? I think a competition might be needed. Well, I've got a couple of Klingon Batlaths. <laughs> really? I think yeah. like full size that you can They are uh full size um <laughs> but they are made from foam with like um a uh a skeleton inside them to keep them kind of rigid. But a, a uh, burglar wouldn't know that though. Can you no, imagine somebody breaking all. into your house, you're there in your pants and your robe with a bat left going, Get out of it <laughs> <laughs> That could work. I have a full size assault rifle that Neil Johnson gave me it's a replica i might add but uh that would probably be enough to scare a burglar off mm-hmm. and, uh, and i have my two little handguns that uh, bob gave me a few years ago that would also scare off burglars so i'm all <laughs> weaponed up in this uh <laughs> in this country even though they are all fake they still look real so oh, it's, it's I, always I, good oh god yeah so other geek edition is I bought a new coffee mug, which is a Close Encounters of the Third Kind coffee Ooh. mug with a nice little coaster for Close Encounters as well. So it's got like a hidden R2-D2 somewhere or something? Or? It probably does. I think if you hold it upside down, there's probably an R2-D2 on the underside <laughs> of it. So I was, uh, I was chatting with Harry Knowles, who runs the Ain't It Cool News website, who's like the, the king of all geeks. And uh, we were chatting about Close Encounters the other week, and then Annette was was browsing for coffee, cool coffee mugs. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's a, there's a Close Encounters mug. So I didn't manage to find one. So my next one will be a Scarface mug. I oh, think ooh. that'll probably get at some point. But yeah, I'm just trying to kit out the, the, Kitchen. Geek, the geek thing. I've got my <laughs> you know the new podcast award from the Star One Podcast Awards for our show. So, you know, award-winning podcast this be again. I know so you're going to have to change the opener. 
my notice already opener. I've got Anthony Alex on the opener saying welcome to another episode of the award winning blah 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 because I you know the show won Ampy uh-huh. Awards years ago, so I could get away with using the same. Thing. Yeah, true. Uh, starting up a new podcast, spending time with, which will be interviewing the filmmakers who have submitted to the UK Motion Picture Festival. So, How's that going? It's going all right. It, it, as I'm sure you understand, it is not the best time of the week or month to be able to go out and go, hey, filmmakers. Um, <laughs> it's kind of Twitter has been flattened at the minute with, with obviously one or two different subjects. So that's kind of an awkward time to, to go, hey, look, submit a short film. So, But it's going all right. It's doing Good. okay. So uh, we have submissions already, which is always nice. You always sit there and you go, what happens if nobody submits their films? Because that <laughs> could happen. That could be a thing. But uh, no, there are I mean, submissions already. So I've got some films to watch at some point. So. But not too many where it's a case of I can't sleep, I can't go to work. I'm uh, managing it very well at the minute. So that is pretty good. I, I was thinking about entry myself, but my... Uh my uh, extra long feature length uh, well triple feature length film called 501 days of lockdown uh, i'm not sure you'd be interested in i i do you know what i'm going to i'm going to go on the website after this podcast and i'm going to add a best film featuring goats <laughs> category <laughs> best film featuring goats shot in north wales and uh, you know you might you might do all right with all it's, it's possible but no, that's doing okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I have been editing a little bit more of Mimi too, but that's still my not in that thing. Because this, basically, without going into the whole plot, I shot the majority of the second film with one camera angle because that's what I wanted it for. It's like, mm-hmm. right. And then the pivotal moment at the end, because it needed to be something slightly different, I shot it at a different camera angle. So then when I'm watching this film, I'm like, that looks great, that looks great. Like, oh, it jumps to a different angle. It well annoys me. I don't like the fact that it changes <laughs> angle. But I can't go back and reshoot it because she's aged, as, mm-hmm. pe- as people do, certainly around that age. So it's like, oh, my God. So it's a 60-second shot. There's nothing wrong with the shot, but it just niggles me when I'm looking at the change. So I'm like, how the hell do I answer that? So I've worked out a way to possibly do it but it it only involves a major rewrite on the third Mimi and massive undertaking and re-editing of all the footage on the first and second one but <laughs> it, so it's like for god's sake all because of me going this shot will work so you do learn when you make a film my god do you learn some lessons so uh yeah so so, so next time you get that idea i presume you'll go right i'll, I'll film um the idea but also film the traditional uh, angle yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's easy, isn't it? You go, do you know what? I'm going to film it twice. Yeah. One from that angle, one from that angle. <laughs> Such an easy solution. <laughs> but guess who didn't think of it? Yeah, that'd be me, Mr. Dumbarse over here. Well, you were uh, you were busy at the time. Uh, I was, but not as busy as I'm going to be redoing the whole damn thing. But it'll, it'll work out. There's no, there's no massive rush. So that's the beauty of these Mimi films. It's like, be out when it's out. It's fine. There's no rush. But I'm really, I was enjoying editing because this is like the second complete work print of the second one that I've done. And I'm like, I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I don't like that shot though. It's And it's one of these. Like imagine making a film and you go, brilliant, it's finished now. I'm really happy with it. It's, it's finalized. It's out in the wild. Everybody can watch it. But every time you see it, you look at that one shot and you go, 
oh, God, I hate that shot. <laughs> <laughs> and it was nothing that Lamissa did. She was perfect. It was nothing that end. There was no technical issues. It was just me going, yeah, I'm just going to do this at a different angle. Idiot. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Idiot. But, you know, live and learn. Well, it makes a good story uh, for the behind the scenes uh, <laughs> footage on the DVD. It, well, it doesn't. That's the whole thing with this. It's like I am totally all right if there's so much chaos and bad organization and just stupid decisions by me because it gives me funny stories to talk about. It's like, you remember when I made a film and thought it would work? Oh, God, <laughs> it took me four years to make a short film. But no, it's, it's looking good. It's just that one shot just really uh, niggles the crap at me, basically. So, fun and games. So I've printed out a, a new copy of the third Mimi script. I'm going to go through it and rewrite it to tailor it into a whole bunch of other stuff and uh, potentially not use that final pivotal shot, but use... I know what I'm on about. Nobody else does because they've not seen the film. So mm-hmm. how are you, Rob? <laughs> what, 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 what have you been up to? What happened to the murder hornets? That never <laughs> became a thing, did it? um right well um i have been working on a website for the last few uh few weeks which i uh finally got to launch the other day so i'm very happy about that I, and what uh, is that website rob and where can people find it um the website is called um Dielk wales and you can find it at dielk.wales uh that's d-i-o-l-c-h dot wales i'm so glad you've spelt it <laughs> Dielk means thank you in welsh aha you imagine so, like all our american listeners in australia going what to be fair i wouldn't have known how to spell it so nothing against americans or australians yeah it's uh it's one of those things um you know with with everything that's been going on with uh, with COVID nineteen, um, you know my my day job um, cut my hours down to uh, to two days a week, which gave me three days a week um, of free time. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to use that free time to do something positive um, and put up a website that's going to have useful information and say thank you to um, all the the NHS staff and key workers and everyone else kind of helping fight COVID-19 in Wales. So theolk.wales was born. And are you happy now that it's out there? I'm happy, but I've got so much more to do to this site. The, the, The original idea was literally, oh yeah, you know, like a, kind of a single page bit of information and then i started kind of um designing the site and adding more and more pages and i think at the moment it's it's about 25 pages and growing so uh you know on top of that then obviously there's a facebook page an instagram page a twitter page you're you're, you're like neil it's like I speak to neil about what way up to today oh i'm off i'm gonna jump head first into a volcano with my camera why oh, i'm filming it what are you filming that for? For my film. That, is that the film you've you've finished? Yeah. But you're filming more. <laughs> well, I've just got this extra bit for it. And then is it finished? Yeah. And then a week after you go, so way up to Neil. Well, I'm just going to go skydiving out of this helicopter with no parachute <laughs> on my camera. Why? Oh, I'm just doing the end scene for this film. Is that the one you finished the other week? Yeah. Still not finished then? Well, nearly. <laughs> How many hours have you shot for this film, Neil? Oh, about eight years. okay is it nearly finished though yeah yeah it'll be finished when i've done this shot well maybe there'll be another shot after that it sounds great (laughs) it looks great i've seen some of it but uh, yeah it's just like every time i speak to it i'm gonna do some more neil (laughs) just just finish it put the camera down 
put the, as, as Nicolas Cage would say, sort of to paraphrase, put the camera back in the box. <laughs> Just walk away. Start editing, my friend. Start editing. So it's, it's kind of madness. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, what else have you been up to then, other than website? Um, not much, to be honest. I've been spending oh, all my free time working on that. I have managed to watch a bit of TV, which Me is too. always good. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want me to go into that now? Um, I think so. I think I've probably covered most of my news. Let me have a look. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What have you watched? Let's, let's crack okay. on with that. Um, I, um, me and Nicole, we, we now have an understanding. I am able to um, watch The Purge Season 2 guilt-free <gasps> without feeling like I'm cheating on her. How did you manage that? How I need to know about these negotiations. Um, in the end, it came down to... Um, I really need to watch The, the Purge Season <laughs> 2 because I keep talking about it and keep saying I'm going to watch it and then we end up not watching it because it's at the end of the night or we don't have time. Um, and she said, well, I like it, but if you want to, you can watch it. So I said, great. Brilliant. So have you finished it now then? Um, almost. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm on episode seven or eight. Nice. It's so, so much easier watching a show when you're watching it on your own, isn't it? It's oh, like yeah. um, Annette's just started watching Ashes to Ashes, which I'd never seen. I'd seen Life on Mars and loved that show, but I mm-hmm. couldn't get into Ashes to Ashes. But Annette's seen it and she loves it and blah, blah, blah. So she's starting to rewatch it all. She said, I'll save it and we can both watch it. I'm like, no, 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 you watch it. If I get around to watching it, I'll I'll do it independently. It's fine. Don't. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than having like 15, 20 seasons of a show all stockpiled because you both want to watch it together. You'll yep. never watch them all. It'll never, <laughs> ever happen. It's impossible. So well done. What do you think of The Purge 2 so far? Oh, I'm loving it. I uh, I've got to the point now where we're on i suppose purge night three from what we've seen because we've seen obviously the first one in in season one yeah at the beginning of season two we see kind of the second one and then (laughs) then it stops that's the purge you're like what hang on a minute this is supposed to be the purge why is there no purging it's very weird did that not throw you or where was the fact that i kind of pre-warned you that you may get a purge make you feel better no you know i i um i try and retain no information when i talk about anything that i haven't finished so um i got you know i got to the episode where kind of um you know we, the purge came around again i was like oh yay fun yes um, yay a purge in a purge yes yeah. that's always a bonus <laughs> isn't it so uh I, i'm really really liking it and um really really disappointed that i know it's not coming around for a third season yes me too. Um, but, it's but one it, of those it, ones if I win um, big on Euro Millions or something like that, then uh, maybe I can kickstart it. You freaking need to. I think the world is a purge at the minute. You go around, to, you know, in the UK it's COVID purge, and you know the rest of the world's madness as well, isn't it? But <laughs> it's uh, the the series of the purge does end not on a, a major cliffhanger, so you're okay. I hate that with shows where you go, oh yeah, oh, I'm going to start watching that, and then it gets cancelled. You think, is there any point in me? actually wasting so many hours because it's going to end on a cliffhanger <laughs> and i'm going to be well annoyed but I, you know it doesn't no more of a cliffhanger than the first series so yeah but it's a brutal show isn't it it is oh. um wow <laughs> do you not want to punch the living crap out of that guy that seems to love purging off purge 
the college kid. My God, I want to pummel him into the floor. I don't know. I, I'm torn on this because I, I've reached again the point where, um, obviously, Purge Night Part 2 in, in Season 2 has arrived, and um, he's uh, having disagreements with his uh, college friends. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> Obviously, his his mate who left him all alone. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'm torn. You know, I'm I'm almost rooting for the guy with the mask. Really? Oh, that's, yeah. See, I was until he, he he butchered that old guy who was selling drinks in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, right now you're a dick. Now you're gonna go on my dickhead list. That was no need for that. Well, yeah, the, you know the <laughs> guy. You know his strawberries look nice and everything. <laughs> so he just butchered him. I'm like really. <laughs> But uh, no, it's a, it's a really good season. I was a little bit concerned about it at the beginning, thinking, is this not going to be as good as season one? But I think it probably is. Mm. It's just different. It's not the same yeah. old. And I suppose that would have been the worst thing. It's like, here we go again. No, we saw that last season with different characters. It is yeah. definitely something different this season. I'll tell you something, though. Um, there's um, those college girls or whatever um, who um, told the dad to leave... Uh, the bedroom you're a bit brutal you know i wouldn't you be know, happy if that was my daughter i'd watch a film with all them in though i <laughs> i saw that scene and i'm thinking this is this is what the harley quinn movie should have been like <laughs> and i haven't seen birds of prey but i'm guessing it's not like that but i thought you know what I'd, if this was what the birds of prey movie was i'd kind of watch that they were <laughs> they were like you're kind of scary but you're all watchable because you're all nuts Dad, get out. We're just planning going out slaughtering people. No yeah. problem, darling. See you later. <laughs> Do you need some money for taxi? Crazy. Uh, so, so and- uh, yeah, I will miss uh, The Purge once uh, once I finish all the episodes. Um, yep. it all work, I, I've got it, to look forward to, obviously, is it? I'm sure there'll be a movie at some point, another one. Well, there is supposed to be another one, but I think they've delayed. So I'm not surprised they've uh, they've delayed the release of it. So I think there is at least one more movie mm-hmm. coming out. But I remember when they were talking about a series about the Purge. I'm like, God, that sounds amazing. But then I remember the same thing about the Passage, and that was great. And then I got cancelled. But yeah, it's like with TV shows. I, I'm trying not to get too attached to them now. It's just not worth it. It just breaks your heart when it gets <laughs> scrapped. Yeah, it's. Uh... It's one of those things for me. I've always said, "What if, if they want to can a TV show, why don't they just go to like Kickstarter or something like that and say, right, we're canning it unless we hit this funding amount and see what happens.' And if they do, then carry on." Yeah, I think what they should do is the way that they do it in the UK, where it's like America's notorious, isn't it? Go right, we've shot. Oh, yeah. We've shot 20 episodes of this show. It starts tomorrow. Nobody watched the first episode. We're scrapping it. Well, can we watch the other episodes? No. No, we're not going to show them. In the UK, they will film them all, show them all. Maybe it'll not come back. But at least it kind of concludes. But, you know, America's also great for showing them out of order, a la Firefly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's put the pilot episode on seven episodes in. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, people get confused and don't know what's going on. But mm. I think The Purge, I would probably put in the shows, in the list of decent TV shows I've seen in the past however many years. It does deserve being in that list. You know, like yeah. best TV shows of the decade. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe we should do that in uh, like 10 years. Yes. <laughs> when, we're st- when we are still podcasting, we'll uh, we'll do that one. Mm-hmm. But it was- um, yeah. Uh, 
I like you say, you know, um, unfortunately, America is uh, notorious for for axing these shows. I always remember um, Roswell, and I think I've mentioned it before. Yeah. You know, being axed because I think they put it on against uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer that was in like kind of season seven at the time or something like that, and surprise surprise same time slot um no one was watching roswell well no everybody was watching buffy and roswell was good it was i don't think i ever finished it because i went through this phase i did have all the i had all the three season box sets at one point Mm -hmm. when i bought them all because it was like this this was at a time where anything to do with aliens and sci-fi i would just gobble up so Mm -hmm. like something based on roswell i'm having that brilliant gotta get it so i bought all three seasons i think i watched maybe one and a half seasons and thought, right, I'll finish that off later on and then just never. So if, if it does drop onto a, a platform at some point, I will watch it. And Because uh, it looks like fluff and it's mm-hmm. fun. We, we need fluff. We can't watch purge shows all the time. We'd be right miserable, <laughs> depressing, uh, angry people. So, so mm. a- anything else you have watched? I have. I've started um, a new series. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, in my opinion, amazing, and you need to watch it if you haven't already. Um, it's on Netflix, and it's called Space Force. This is the Steve Carell thing, isn't it? It is. Uh, I, I have not watched it. John Malkovich. I am aware of it. Um, you know, it's it's great. You know, um, it's it's like kind of the world's finally caught up with Red Dwarf. You know, that was way ahead of its time obviously you know this is based um down on earth we know we don't have uh, little green men running around like on red dwarf but it's the same kind of vein of uh, a comedy show based on kind of space um and uh yeah i can't get enough of it at the moment um, so is it a pure comedy or is it what what sort of genre is it i'm no, it it it's very much a comedic look at um, kind of Donald Trump's space force. So oh very timely so, then. Yeah, so um, they are always um, referencing POTUS, which you you tell by just what they talk about and and how it's all done that they're referencing Trump, um, and they are obviously um, well um, taking the piss. Rightly so. He is the best target to take the piss out. I've spent several mm-hmm. days this week tweeting at him. So he, uh, he, he wouldn't have seen he's been in a bunker. Yeah, but no, he was just checking it to make sure it was okay, though, apparently. Oh. Was, uh, yeah, he tweeted out law and order, so I replied back saying I prefer special victims. So quite like <laughs> <laughs> so then, It's like everybody else has been doing it. I noticed today people are still tweeting out going line of duty and all this sort of stuff. And um, he, he put a tweet out last night saying silent majority. So I I tweeted back at him saying uh, major majorly nuts I think so it's like I've spent the the past few weeks just or the past few days seeing his stupid tweets replying back to him with such sarcasm as uh, as I can get but he's not blocked me yet so that's that's on my bucket list of Donald Trump <laughs> block me. <laughs> he's just he's not living oh. he's not living on planet Earth that guy is he? He's clearly. Well, maybe that's why the space force. They should put him in a rocket and blast him off. Him and Boris, <laughs> get rid of him. Never mind sending Dominic Cummins to Durham. Just uh, put Boris and uh, and Trump to Mars. 
<laughs> well, no offense to Martians, but uh, yeah. So you'd recommend watching Space Force then? Oh yeah. Um, it's, it, is it uh, is it all the episodes on, or is it a week to week thing? No, no. They've got all, uh, I believe, ten episodes on there, um, ready to watch. I'm, I think, on episode seven or eight of of that as well. You have been watching a lot of TV. I have. If Bob was here, he'd be like, "Well, watch the trailer." <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Damn, you've been busy. So I shall but, add that to my ever-growing list as well. Then. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, you know a really good series, and uh, having a look on uh, IMDb, it's also been well received by others. Nice, which potentially means coming back for a season two. Mm. So, so Netflix are doing well. Then we're we're pimping Netflix out. Yeah, it's it's nice to see um, new content. Um, you know, a lot of places don't doesn't don't seem to have it. So um, you know, it's nice to see uh, something like Space Force uh, hitting our screens. Well, I've I'm going to give Shudder a bit of a shout out because I've been watching season two of Wolf Creek. I finished the first six episodes of season one. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen the Wolf Creek movies, but a I haven't. They're they're brutal movies, but they're great. But they're they're very pure horror movies mm-hmm. and set in the Australian outback and the lead guy is is Mick and he's a just he's a raging serial killer that will think nothing about <laughs> plunging a knife in your chest or cutting your head off it's it is violent stuff so so your daughter Addy do not watch mm-hmm. Wolf Creek do not watch it it's not just save it for like 30 years and then maybe <laughs> watch it behind a pillow so that's quite violent and uh, so I finished off season one and it ended on a bit of a weird one. So I'm thinking, how the hell can they have a season two? This makes no <laughs> sense. So I went straight into the season two episode. I'm like, all right, there we oh, go. Oh, they now, hooked you right in. Now, now that makes sense. So I've got five episodes of that to watch on, on Shudder, which is pretty good. I finished off season four of Bosch on Amazon Prime, which is a great show. It's a very, very slow it's about washing machines. It is about a washing machine, it's about a <laughs> pair of headphones and speakers. And it's about an L.A. detective called Bosch, played by Titus Welliver. Who, he, that is the coolest name for an actor. If mm. ever I die and come back, I'm going to change my name to Titus Welliver. It sounds very uh, very Roman, very epic. So it's it does have a continuing-ish story arc across the seasons. But generally, it's like, you know, this season, it's this story next season it's a different story so season six is already on amazon season seven will be the final show all based on the books by michael Connolly. so i battered through season four and finished that one i am currently working through the hbo tv series the pacific which is probably about 15 years old it's kind <laughs> of the follow-up to band of brothers which is the best miniseries ever it's a fact. And uh, the Pacific is set in World War Two, and it's obviously all based in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. So uh, episode two out of episode 10. It's good stuff. It's kind of like Saving Private Ryan, which mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Band of Brothers. I haven't, but um, as soon as you mentioned World War Two and uh, kind of history stuff, I'm already hooked. Band of Brothers, without the shadow of a doubt, is the best miniseries, limited series, whatever you want to call it, that that exists it's great it's mm. 10 episodes there's so many people in that show there's not just go onto like imdb or whatever and then look at band of brothers and look at the cast list it's mental there's like so many people that you'll have seen in loads of films over the years uh executive produced by steven spielberg and tom hanks oh so you know obviously they'd done saving private ryan and they thought we need to tell similar type stories mm-hmm. and band of brothers is is in the same world as saving private ryan 
the Pacific is in the Pacific, and they are about to do a third one, which I'm not quite sure what the third one's going to be, but they're coming back to do wow. a, th- a third series of this. So I would highly, highly recommend Band of Brothers, where you can find it. It might be on Now TV or so. I don't know where you would find your mm-hmm. HBO content, but uh, even if you pick it up cheap on DVD, it's very, you'd get it for like four quid. Mm-hmm. CEX or, or Amazon or something like that. But, uh, okay. So I'm watching that one. I finished off all 24 episodes of season 11 of NYPD Blue. So I have got one more season of that show and then it's done, which will be kind of weird because that show has always been in my life. So I'm thoroughly enjoying that one. As you can tell, I'm trying to mop up all these TV shows and just finish a lot of them to keep in with my 10 shows going at any one time. Yeah. So I'm catching up on a whole bunch of stuff on that. And uh, somebody recommended a Netwatch, a Netflix show called Sex Education. Mm-hmm. So I've seen the pilot episode of that, Annette Odden, and she's like, I don't know what sort of show that's going to be. So well, Gillian Anderson's in it. And trust me, Gillian Anderson's really funny in this show. And uh, she put the episode on last night, or rather probably about four, three o'clock this morning during, <laughs> during our lunch when we were at work, and she was laughing her head off. She's... It is a very, very funny show. Again, don't let any kiddies see it. It's not. No, <laughs> I don't think you would with a title like that. Anyway, no. You know, it is. Uh, it's not family friendly, but it is very, very funny and crude. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is all the TV that I've watched. Uh, have you played any video games? Any, um, any Switch? Any VR? I have not done any. No VR, VR but there has been lots of uh, Minecraft dungeons. I have to mention it. Mm-hmm. Last week, um, I am on, as far as I know, the last level. So is this um, a game, because Minecraft, obviously, you can never finish. Cause yeah. It's not that sort of game. But Minecraft Dungeons, is that a game you can complete? Yeah, it's um, it's like kind of a... Um, uh, a role-playing game where you kind of going around finding kind of potions and upgrading your weapons and um you know all that kind of stuff in with minecraft characters but you don't have the ability to build or um knock things down which you did do in the original minecraft and what made it popular in the first place it's okay it's a strange one but it's it's still very playable and very good um and uh, the first two um, DLC packs have been announced for it. Um, and with owning the Hero Edition, I will get access to them when they come out. So I'm looking forward nice. to that. There's nothing more annoying, is there, when you've got a game and then you go, yay, add-ons, it's going to cost you this much. You're like, what? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I I don't buy the season pass type things all the time, but you know, I know it when I should get one. I got one for the <laughs> Division 2. And uh, and yeah, the DLC. It's like every time you put the console on, there's a new update. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake. So I guess uh, Minecraft is going down quite well then. You're yeah. enjoying it. Good God. Yeah, both me and Addy alike. So, uh... mm-hmm. I guess that's probably why I've not heard from Bob for a while. I'm guessing he's playing Minecraft probably. somewhere. I've not heard a peep. Um, I hear, um, and when I say I hear, I mean I see on your twitter timeline that uh bulletproof has got some good news yes it's going to be on in the states isn't it yeah that's always the, great to hear because hopefully CW. that'll yeah. um you know um mean you know if it's uh you know if the reception's good over there hopefully it's going to mean more episodes and you know a longer life 
I hope so. But in sort of UK wise, I think it's been a huge hit for Sky Atlantic, mm-hmm. which is a, is always a good thing. And so it's gone yeah. down really, really well over here. And because uh, I saw the director of the, the episodes of season two, he shared a tweet saying, "Oh, it's going to be on." Yeah, in the US and the CW and stuff. So I uh, I stole all this information and retweeted it. And Jason Mazza jumped in and and one. I was sitting watching before this podcast episode. Jason Mazza was doing a Instagram video with some from Out- Outlander. So I was sitting watching and and listening to them chat for like an hour and a bit. So it's uh, it's interesting. That's the one good thing about lockdown. It's all these creative people that's giving you all this content for free. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. So it's pretty cool, but uh, I've got Bulletproof Two ready to begin. So have you not started? My, then? No, I have. I have not started because I know that when I start it, I'm just going to do like I did with season one and just yep. hammer through it, which is a good thing. But I, uh, I've, I'm so conscious I've not watched that many films. Mm-hmm. I keep a list of the movies that I watch each year, and I think I'm only on like 35 or something now. And you're like, we're in June. I should be <laughs> on like 150 by now, easily. But I've watched so much more TV. Mm-hmm. than movies this year uh, so what I'm doing over the next few days is I have a list of about 10 movies that I'm going to watch that I've already got so I've got some which you've never heard of but uh, so Fantasy Island I've got that mm-hmm. to watch uh, Bad Boys 3, Birds of Prey Maleficent 2, The Invisible Man Jumanji The Next Level there's a film called Arkansas there's a Ben Affleck film called The Way Back and uh, Stacy from Twitter recommended a film called If I Stay with uh, with I've forgotten who's in it now because I've not seen it, but she recommended that, so I'm going to watch that over the next few days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know she listens to the podcast as well. So hi, Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Enjoy the film and uh, and keep punching those trolls in the face, Stacy, because they deserve it. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to try and catch up with as many of those films as I can do and just boost my list. Great. So I don't want to get to December and go, I've seen no big films this year. I've seen no. none of them, but I have watched lots of NYPD Blue episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and two years, two seasons ago, episodes of Bosch. Crazy. Just there's, I can't say there's not enough time because there's nothing but time, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Busy, busy on other things. Yeah. So my uh, secret project is no longer a secret project. It's the film festival. Uh, I'm not going to mention your secret project that you texted me about earlier, but wish you all the very best with that one. Mm-hmm. Keep me keep me updated, Rob. And uh, so movie wise, watched any? Mo- are you still doing your movie nights? Um, we are still doing movie nights. Um, we watched um, a movie called Astro Kid. Um, which yes, is this the one that's kind of set in the eighties, isn't it? No, it's is that a different um, one? yeah. This the is a, um, an animated um, thing, and um, you've got um, the a kid that's on um, a, a rocket with his parents, and um, they're exploring his parents, uh, um, kind of scientists, and you know his dad's teaching him. You know, this is how you catalog um, kind of rock samples, and so you take a picture, and um, you know he leaves them to catalog their thousands of rock samples they've got, and um, some things happen, and uh, yeah, the, the ship ends up being kind of kind of destroyed, and the kid gets separated from the parents, and. Um, befriends his um safety robot that was on board his uh his uh ejection capsule um and as you know they're on a an alien world 
you know, waiting for, for rescue. Um, it's a good, fun movie, especially if you like sci-fi. Um, you know, it's great to kind of combine the both if uh, I'm watching animated stuff with Addy. And we do like a little bit of sci-fi, don't we? Yeah, there's uh, just something about it, you know. Um, I've always uh, been interested in that, you know, genre, you know. Just a little bit. Dip your yeah. toes in now and again. Yeah, every every now and again, you know, when I'm not doing other things, you know, that sci-fi stuff's all right. And are you still watching it on your projector? Yes. Um, it, it makes a difference, you know. If you've got something like a projector, um, if, you know, you, you've been suffering you know, through lockdown, just having that kind of break, doing something different on a Saturday night or whatever night you want to make it, you know, it makes all the difference. It really does make a, um, you know, make things different. We, we went as far now, um, and, and you will be invited to partake when all of this ends and we can all meet up. Um, we, for, for Addy's birthday the other month, um, we, um, we did kind of uh, a movie experience, uh, kind of cinema experience where she could choose the film. Um, she could come to the the kiosk and, and buy popcorn and hot dogs and um, nachos. So we, we bought kind of proper cinema nachos. We bought, we had, it was like a two and a half kilo um, can of proper cinema nacho cheese. Okay. Um, you know, which we've, we still got cause you can freeze it. So we've, um, we froze it kind of in inv- individual bags. So it's easy to get out and kind of use again. So yeah, we've, we've now got the whole setup so we we can really do uh, Saturday night at the movies in style. You know, we sit there with nachos and cheese and, um, a bag of wine gums occasionally and just have fun. Have you got anybody that will just walk in front of you or anybody that sits next to you just on the full no, time? No, amazingly, this is the best experience. This is the best cinema. We don't have any of that. You know, it's like VIP seating. Half an hour of trailers before the movie or are you skipping the trailers? No, we, we arrive after the trailers have shown, but we do. Um, it's a bit different. You We get like a, an interval in, in between where, you know, things like um, Magnum lollies are served and that kind of stuff. I thought you were going to go, there's an interval every time somebody wants to go to the bathroom. No, just just (laughs) a magnum. (laughs) So how far ahead do you schedule the film? Do you know what you're going to be watching next week, for example? Or do you just, on on the day you go, right, let's watch this? Yeah, it's it's, um, one of those things that on the day, you know, I'll usually spend 10 minutes um, getting together some ideas and say, how about this? And, you know, usually it's, yeah, let's go. Get a dice roll like uh, Annette's got. Yeah, she's massively OCD with that thing. I don't. <laughs> I'll go. Do you know what? I'm in the mood to watch because we watched uh, Star Trek: First Contact last week, which mm-hmm. and I had never seen before. And uh, I think we'd mentioned it last time, which she yeah. now prefers the Picard era mm-hmm. to the Captain Kirk one. And like two days after, I said, "Do you, you want to watch the next one, Insurrection?" Because I really like Insurrection. Mm-hmm. It takes a bit of a bashing, but to me, it, people, went, hey, it just feels like a long episode. Yeah. So it's, what's wrong with that? I don't get yeah. it. It's great. I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. It's better than Nemesis. Mm. And, um, oh, yeah. So I said, "Do you want to watch this?" She went, "No," because it's not come up in a dice roll. Said, but it might it might never come up in a dice roll. I want to watch it. <laughs> so who knows? We may watch it over the next few days. But uh, eBay I'm, weighted I'm, dice, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, just get me a dice with like five number four, five or six number fives on it. <laughs> and um, 
So yeah, I'm more impulsive. I go, oh, do you know what I'm in the mood to watch? I'm in the mood to watch this, but she's very much like needs to be a dice roll. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah. So I'm going to try and catch up on some more movies. But while we're on about projectors, though, we've got one, mm-hmm. and we have we plugged it in to test it, and it was fine. And then it's gone back in its box, and it sits there. And we spent about four hundred quid on this thing because I can't work out how to get the sound. Not it's not a case of the sound's not working, mm-hmm. but the the projector itself will play the sound out its crappy little speaker. Yeah, but. I've got a cinema surround kit. I've got a sound bar. I've got all this stuff. How, where do you place the projector in relation to where the sound? That's what I can't work out. Is like how to get the sound perfectly. Because you go to cinema and the sound comes out screen, doesn't it? You're yeah. Like, right. That works. How does that work with a projector? That's what I can't work out. Well, the projector we um, we own. Um, we're lucky in the sense that all the reviews before I I ordered this thing said that the sound was great on it, and it is. Mm-hmm. So we we literally sit down and listen to the the sound out of the projector, and have got very kind of used to that being behind okay. us, and it doesn't make one bit of difference. Um, the next purchase on my list is for a sound bar that then can kind of come out of hiding when when needed and be placed in front of the projector in front of kind of where we're sitting so um that's that's the next idea because i do want to test this projector out mm. so it's a projector it's great but well, you, you'll not... find that if you're anything like us you almost get addicted to watching things on a projector and don't want to go back to your tv and then you yeah. have to kind of force yourself else it just becomes kind of the norm and you don't get that kind of um great experience when you do kind of watch your projector well i'd um i originally had an lg 4k tv which i bought i think like 18 months ago mm-hmm. and it started going a bit wonky so these little purple patches appeared on it so i'm like what the hell they'd run out of guarantee and i've not got the extended warranty so i'm like right i'm never buying another lg 4k tv because apparently they are more prone to this problem than, than other ones mm-hmm. so I'm like right so I'm going to get another TV that's fine she says well you get this one fixed I'm like you can't nowadays you can't get TVs fixed it costs you just as much to buy a new TV really doesn't it mm-hmm. so I thought I'd get another one so I was online one day and I looked at these projectors and I thought oof that projector that would be amazing because I'd be going like a 70 inch thing on my wall or whatever <laughs> it would be fantastic so I ordered one I'm like brilliant so I ordered it and then I thought yeah, maybe I'm, I'm better off with a television because playing video games and all this sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm no, I'm going to get a TV. So I'll, I'll get the TV and I'll cancel a projector. Mm-hmm. So I ordered a TV, which was a Samsung uh, 4K TV, which is fantastic, by the way. And mm-hmm. I ordered that, and then I went right. Can I cancel a projector? And he went, oh, sorry, it's been processed. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> was that? Shit, I've got one of each now. So then I, I told Annette about it. I said, oh, there's. Um, there's a couple of parcels coming tomorrow. I said, there's a big one and a little one. I said, if the little one shows up first, can you refuse a delivery and they'll send it back? And if the big one shows up, take that one because that's mm-hmm. what I want. She's like, why? why? So I explained it all. And she said, well, why don't I buy the projector? I'm like, well, you can do. I said, but it's not cheap. She said, how much is it? A couple of hundred. I went, yeah, it's like 400 quid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, well, I'll pay for the projector. And you and you'll keep the TV. So that's how we've ended up with both of them. But mm-hmm. just because of sheer laziness, probably we've not used a projector. But I may try and 
faff with that and yeah over the next few days but it was always a sound thing that niggled me yeah um i have to say um hook your playstation up to your projector as well oh wow yeah you know we you know (laughs) minecraft on you know the projector is amazing um so it'll be exactly the same with you on your playstation 4 playing um games you know kind of you know get resident evil up on there you know that's a good one um, oh god well I, I, I played that on vr it's like holy crap that is a creepy arse game in vr that one that is grim but uh, uh, yeah yeah i think i only tested it on a u2 concert i thought right what can i test yeah. it? so i got a music uh, dvd out and i put it on and it looked ama- it looked mm-hmm. amazing it looked oh yeah really, and the sound was pretty good mm-hmm. but you know, being in a house where I've got all these different surround sound things, you're like, well, I'm not going to use this until it's perfect. So therefore, mm-hmm. I can sit in a box under my bed for six months because I'm an <laughs> idiot. The uh, we've we ordered um, potentially for uh, again Addy's birthday, but never never ended up using it because of the weather. Um, a I want to say it's a 120 inch outdoor screen as well. <gasps> Wow. for uh the projector so now we're set up for kind of summer movies in the garden so is that like a, a physical screen it's you... um one of these kind of white canvasy type um material things that you can kind of fold up it's got like um you know the uh the metal um eyelets um yes. around the edge and then you get kind of your bungee cables and you can kind of um set it up somewhere in your garden um so it's one of those but um, the material, whatever the material is, is supposed to be great for, um, you know, showing um, stuff off on a projector. So, what would you call? Is that what would you call that? Is it just a projector screen, isn't it? Yeah, like an outdoor projector screen. But because they're they're canvas and a bit of eyelets, uh, um, they're they're all really really cheap. You know, I think this one was about twenty five thirty pounds. I'm just looking on uh, Amazon because you've like, ooh, you made me think then. <laughs> and it does, yeah, you can get them for about 25, 30 quid. Yeah. Which is not too shabby. It's kind of weird though. You look on Amazon Prime and you're like, yes. And they go, yes, using Prime, you can have it in four days. You're like, what? I thought Prime was, uh, <laughs> was, was one day. It's all a bit screwy at the minute, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm probably going to look at that because I can hang that projector screen inside the house can't i really yeah um that is one of the ideas um for for the one we've got as well um because you you can get um kind of frames that these things go on as well if you've got nowhere you can kind of physically hang it so um the idea at some point was to buy a, a frame so then we've got kind of a portable system we can take around with us if we're ever off to a to a friends or doing a birthday party or something like that I'm going to research that after and maybe get one of those because I've got a white wall downstairs, but you know, white walls generally have marks on them or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, nail holes or something like that on there. But yeah, you may be, uh, I, hopefully next time we podcast, it'll be like, hey, Rob, I watched this on the projector. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, yes. Good. Get yourself some popcorn. I might do. I want to get into films more. I've, I've watched way too much TV this year. It's... Which is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because movies are easy. You watch one for two hours and you go, wrapped done now. It's complete. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares if I've watched 200 episodes of NYPD Blue. That is not good listening. 
It's not, I'm not going to do an episode where it's like, let's talk about the latest NYPD Blue episode. It's so much better if it's like, let's talk about Extraction on Netflix. Have you watched mm-hmm. that one? Um, it's, jog it's, my memory. It is, it's a 2020 film. So mm-hmm. it's it's in the chart for Netflix. I do quite like the fact that Netflix has a chart now. It's quite yep. good. And uh, it is Chris Hemsworth is oh, uh, a mercenary, yes. and he gets employed to go rescue this child. And uh, it's it's the most John Wick film I've seen that doesn't feature somebody called John Wick. <laughs> I watched it I think last weekend. I think, and my God, it's such a good film. I've the choreography is mental. I've got halfway through it. It's what? What do you think? Great so far. Um, I just didn't have time to finish it. So Hemsworth, uh, I'll Hemsworth's am- amazing in it. This is oh, probably yeah. my favourite Chris Hemsworth role. I think mm-hmm. it's brutal, but my god! But some of the, I mean, the film itself just—it's. I'm loving it. It's really mm-hmm. good. I'm pretty sure you go online with people bashing the crap out of it, but then generally... Oh, it's always the case with anything. <laughs> what do they know? They were the same with uh, Seven Underground. Ah, bloody hell, Michael Bay. Great I know. Film. It was and all these funny. people doing it with the card. What does... <laughs> oh, no, it's not true. How, how, dare, how dare that happen? But, uh, no, Extraction's well good. So mm-hmm. I would... Uh, I mean, you've You've seen enough of it to know whether you like it or whether you don't, but... Yeah, I am uh, returning uh, for the second uh, half, so... It is a good film. So I started, and I really don't know if I'm going to finish it. This, is, this episode is sponsored by Netflix, by the way. I think. <laughs> uh, it is a film called Tomboy. Okay. Which is on Netflix. So I was thumbing through. I finished work this morning, and it has to do like a half-hour call with the other team leaders to keep them up to date with all the stuff that's happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's no point in me going to sleep. I might as well stay up for half an hour, and then, you know, we'll collapse together type thing. So I thought, well, I'm going to put a film on, and just watch 20 minutes of it. Let me find mm-hmm. out what I'm going to watch. So put Netflix on. Thumbing through the thumbnails, there was a picture there. Uh, Tomboy. And I'm like, that's interesting. Title. Okay. Click on that. And it stars Michelle Rodriguez, who I'm a fan of hers. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing her years ago in this film called Girl Fight, where she played a boxer. And then she went on to become the Hollywood actress. And she's been in like a bunch of the Fast and the Furious movies and Resident Evil and all that sort of stuff. So uh, she's probably one of my favourite actresses, I think. So I'm like, oh, I didn't know Michelle Rodriguez is in this film. What's that about? Now, Tomboy is... Um, and this you're, you're going to think I've made a mistake when I'm going through this pitch. It might be the one I've already read and um, I am thinking about watching so uh it'll be interesting to see what you say now michelle rodriguez mm-hmm. plays this plays this guy mm-hmm. yes. yep. yep yep it's the same one who, 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 <laughs> who is an assassin or some sort of mob enforcer or somebody who basically gets paid to kill people mm-hmm. so uh the character michelle plays he is employed by the mob <laughs> to do this thing and then something goes wrong and then he wakes up and he's now being uh, genetic, not genetically, what, what was the, his genders, gender, yeah. that's the one. So his gender's been swapped. They've operated on him and now he's Michelle Rodriguez. He's, he's a she now. Mm-hmm. So you got, I'm all right with that. That looks quite interesting because I think the pitch is, it's like after waking up and discovering that he has undergone gender reassignment, that's the yep. phrase I'm looking for, uh, an assassin seeks to find a doctor responsible. You go, do you know what? That sounds quite interesting. I have not seen a film 
that has that storyline. So I'm going to watch it. So I don't know, like, it, it's sounding quite uh, Wolverine to me. You know, I, I wake up, uh, oh, somebody's giving me adamantium oh. bones, and uh... that's a good point, actually. That, <laughs> yeah. But go on. So, so I thought, well, I like Michelle Rodriguez. Didn't even know this film existed. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to check it out. So I put it on, and uh, Sigourney Weaver's in it. Wow. And I'm like, this has got a pretty good. There's a lot of faces in it where you're like, damn, this is. It's directed by Walter Hill, who's done like 48 hours and another mm-hmm. 40. So it's like, it's a proper, it's a good caliber of cast and crew on this thing. So it was all going well until I was introduced to the character that Michelle Rodriguez was playing. <laughs> and literally, all they've done is slapped a beard on her. <laughs> <laughs> They have. You, they put a beard on her, and you, okay. you look at it, and you go, "Okay," but I know that that's literally just Michelle Rodriguez, and you've just slapped a big beard on her, right? You, she, the, uh, no. Now, now I have to ask you: so this is before the the gender before, reassignment yeah, yeah. surgery, yeah? Okay. Because yeah. the sort of the thing of the film is it shows you the before, okay. and then it shows you the thing going wrong. And then it shows you Michelle Rodriguez waking up. It's like, whoa, what happened? I'm where's me where's my beard gone? So it's it's kind of in chronological order. So that's how you you are met with uh, the bearded Michelle Rodriguez. So you, it's literally they've just slapped a beard on her, and you're like, that is seriously because sh- all I can see is Michelle Rodriguez. You've just you've just put a beard on your face, right? <laughs> so you're like, okay, this is maybe going to take me a little while to get used to this but i'm sure it'll all be fine when when i've uh when when it gets to the gender reassignment and then I, then it turns into a proper michelle rodriguez action mm-hmm. film because she's good in her action roles so <laughs> she um so so he because it's still a he at this point he goes out to a bar and he's he's sitting there drinking looking all miserable and this that and the other and he's and this waitress catches his eye and you're like, oh no, please don't have a love scene with Michelle Rodriguez wearing a beard, taking a woman back to the. <laughs> oh, we're getting one of them then, right? Okay. Oh. So we get we get a quick scene of that, and it shows you. I'm not quite sure how they've done the chest, because you know Michelle Rodriguez has things on her on her chest that, uh-huh. got, that generally <laughs> most guys don't. Some guys probably do. That's fine, but. You know, don't. so the the chest hair is everywhere. It's the worst chest hair I've ever seen. It's like you know you would you would shave that stuff. And then when it cuts behind during the love scene, he has got the smoothest back ever. It's smooth, not even a not even a single hair on it because it's all on the front of the chest. And you're like, okay, I'm still struggling with this, but hopefully the film will get a little bit better once we get to the gender reassignment thing and it turns into a Michelle Rodriguez action flick. Brilliant. <laughs> so the love scene finishes and then Michelle Rodriguez goes for a shower and then you see him in the shower but from the back, so you see this lovely smooth back. It's great. It's, 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 it's obviously waxed but the front isn't. And then there's a shot where he walks out the shower and they've literally just slapped a plastic cock on him on her. Oh. And you're like, what the frick? And the worst pubic chest hair you've ever seen in your entire life. And you're like, this is nuts. Not only is Michelle Rodriguez wearing a beard and got the worst chest hair ever, but the smoothest back I've ever seen on a man ever. But there's a plastic cock strapped to the front. So you're like, why would you, why would you need to show that? It's like, if you can't do it properly, 
Mm. So it looks convincing. Just don't do it. <laughs> so so we do that, and then things go wrong, and then Michelle Rodriguez wakes up all covered in bandages, and then goes to the mirror, takes the bandages off, and is like, ah, <laughs> I've turned into a very attractive woman. Oh, my God, where's my beard gone? This is nuts. And then gradually works out, I've got boobs. And then... She freak, he freaks out. She freaks. I think she's a she now, technically. So now I have to refer to her as a she. So she freaks out because she's got boobs. So she's like squeezing them for a little bit, and then she discovers her plastic cock is not there anymore. <laughs> so she's like drops to her knees and it's like no, and starts trashing up the hotel room. So that's pretty much where I've got to. But it is worth watching just to see what a mess <laughs> they've made of just let right. Well, we need her to look like a man. Right, get me that plastic dildo, pass me that clump of hair and some, some print sticks, and let's slap a beard on this very talented actress, and then uh, nobody will uh, nobody will even doubt that she is a woman. But, I've, got, I've got to ask, oh, the, does the, the voice change at all? Does she try and put on a, a different voice? or well, She's kind of got a masculine voice anyway, if mm. you watch her in a lot of films, so she's got kind of a deep voice, but it is a little bit deeper than... Uh, before the op so obviously she's a bit more like hey how are you yeah <laughs> and then when the bandages come off she's like oh my god i have breasts <laughs> so you know this is a massive change in the voice but it's it's slightly different but i'm, I'm gonna be because she's a good actress I've, I, I am a fan genuinely a fan of hers so i'm interested to i'm interested to see whether now she's the woman character mm-hmm. whether she will still have the male mannerisms mm-hmm or whether she will just start walking around like Michelle Rodriguez. But it's the weirdest film I've ever seen. <laughs> it's let's just slap a beard on her. No. So I think for Mimi 4, which I'll film <laughs> with Lamissa when she's 14, I go, do you know what? I need you to play like a 40-year-old. So let's just let's just put a wig on you and then just, just slouch. There you go, that'll do. <laughs> but no, it's Tomboy, weirdest. It's it's. It's not terrible, but that it's uh, it's a curiosity mm-hmm. that film. So yeah, I look forward to your feedback on that one. I'll let you know next week. <laughs> it's, it's like that's just her in a beard. But the funniest moment is, it's um. So I got that the bit when she came out of the shower and I saw the worst chest hair possible. I rewound it and then paused it and then Annette came in after a call this morning and went, "Seriously, you've got to watch this film. Oh my god, look what they've done to Michelle Rodriguez." So I pressed play and then Annette was there watching it. She's like, "That's a plastic cock," and I'm thinking that's not what I thought I would hear you say at half seven on a Wednesday morning. So and I, I didn't even notice that because I generally don't look for male genitalia in a movie, but you know if it's there, it's there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, so, <laughs> so enjoy, enjoy that one. Oh, so what else have I watched? Star Trek: First Contact covered that one. Heat covered that one. Extraction covered that one. Uh, I watched a newish film called Calm with Horses. Okay. which is an, an Irish film, and it is... Do you ever watch films where you go, do you know what, the storyline's kind of basic, mm-hmm. but the film is great because of the way that the main character is, so the acting mm-hmm. elevates it to uh, yeah. to sort of perfection. Well, Calm With Horses is one of those. Some people might struggle with the Irish accents because it's very broad Irish, but... I'm fine with it because I've seen lots of. I've seen Father Ted. I know how to <laughs> understand it. And it's just basically a guy who's like an enforcer for a drug dealing family, gets himself into trouble, goes on the run, and things go wrong. Such a simple storyline, but it's a, it's a powerful film. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would recommend Calm with Horses okay. if you like if you like your Irish character dramas. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I genuinely don't think I've watched that much more. I've watched uh, Avengement on Netflix, which has been sat on my list for about three or four weeks because every time we've been podcasting, we've had so much to talk about that I never got around to my list. So Mm -hmm. that is Scott Adkins, who's been in Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. He was one of the evil henchmen in that one. And uh, it's a good acting thing, good action flick, kind of a bit like Extraction with regards to its brutality, so it's not a kiddie film. Mm-hmm. And Scott Atkins plays a guy who gets out of prison and uh, holds a bunch of people hostage in a pub, including Mr. Craig Fairbrass, who he beats a shit out at one point. So I would... Uh, it's a good film. I enjoy it. It's mm. all right. It's a good Scott Atkins thriller. So I've watched that. I also watched a film called Girl on the Train from 2016, which I keep getting mixed up with a film called Girl with All the Gifts, because mm-hmm. it's obviously both got the name girl in it, so therefore, how can I tell the difference? And it is um, Emily Blunt is on a train and she goes past this house and she sees something going on and she's like, hmm, that kind of looks weird. And then she starts sticking her nose in where she shouldn't and the plot thickens and it turns into a bit of a, a mystery type film. And I'm trying to do it without giving any spoilers whatsoever, <laughs> but it is good. It is. It's a really good film. Luke Evans is in there. Rebecca Ferguson, who's always watchable. But yeah, Girl on the Train. Nice little mm-hmm. thriller. I think it's one that you and Nicole would like. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's a proper. There's no raging car chases or anything like that. It's just a really good. Hmm, where Where's this story going? Mm-hmm. Type thriller. Now I did watch that one on DVD, so I don't know where you would source that one. But I'm sure on your many many streaming platforms. Possibly. Now, we checked out, I'd say we checked out, we watched about 20 minutes of this film. Uh, Annette really wanted to watch on Disney Plus this film called A Wrinkle in Time. Okay. Which she put on and we lasted 20 minutes. We're like, no, I don't know what's going on. We're out of here. It's I, it's about this, this young kid whose dad is played by the guy who played Captain Kirk in the rebooted Star Trek films. So it's Chris okay. Pine. Chris Pine, is it, I think? Mm-hmm. And he's an astronaut, uh, and he disappears. So you're like, okay, this might be a bit like Interstellar. Who mm-hmm. knows? But it's not. So the dad disappears, and then these three fairy-type people show up with magical powers. So I'm thinking, so it's not like Interstellar. It's a bit <laughs> like Mary Poppins, perhaps. And Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey is playing one of them. Okay. And uh, I don't know who plays the other two. And then the, these three grown-up fairies go, hey, kids, let's go to another world. And the kids go, all right. And then they go to another planet. And then it was like, this film makes no sense whatsoever. We're, let, let's hit the stop button. So we bailed out. But <laughs> apparently it was a really well-thought-of film and people did like it, but we could not get into it because it just made no sense whatsoever. You're like, the astronaut thing, that sounds kind of interesting. Whoa, what, what are these people that have showed up? What planet have they gone to? It, may, it was weird. This is very, very strange. So, Wrinkle in Time, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, just okay. to give Disney Plus a bit of a shout out. So, have you still uh, you still fallen out with Disney Plus because of the, the Descendants um, fiasco? Yeah, Descendants, Zombies 2, two films that they should have had and didn't. I know they've got um, Descendants 3 now, yep. um, which is good. Um, I'm 
forgiving them a little bit because um, of the um, oh, what's the the, the prop? Um, yeah, prop show. culture. Prop culture, yeah. It's really Which good. Um, is is a really good um, documentary series. Have you uh, finished all those now? Um, I believe I have Beetlejuice to go. I think I've done the rest. I didn't know there was a Beetlejuice one. Hmm. Oh, I need to catch up on it. I think I've only watched three. So there probably is. I've I've seen the uh, the Tron, Mary Poppins, and Nightmare Before Christmas. And you said my Nightmare on Elm Street. Maybe Nightmare it's Before Nightmare Christmas. Before Christmas then, then not Beetlejuice, but either way. Um yeah, yeah I've seen uh, I've seen most of them and they're all fantastic. It is good, isn't it? It's one of those shows you watch and you go, Why did I not come up with that idea? Yeah. So I, I simple. Thought exactly the same it's so thing. Simple and I didn't do it. And he gets to walk around the Disney archives and talk around oh. about props as artifacts, which is how I'm now um, referring to all the props I own. Sorry, the artifacts I own. Artifacts. Yeah. So have you seen the one about Tron? Yes. How did you feel about, because the, sort of the main prop artifact in that one mm-hmm. is Flynn's arcade sign, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yes. Now, when they this, they found it and some of it wasn't working, like, uh, oh, no, I've like, wanted how? to debate this for a while because I think and it's I had, the same place that, that I have. And I had this conversation with Annette. I said, I don't know if I like the fact that they're redoing it and fixing it and putting new bulbs in it. And she's like, well, no, because they're just getting it back the way it should have been. I'm like, yeah, but it's if you had that in your house now, mm-hmm. they go, oh, my God, is that the one from Tron? Yeah. Wow, and it's still working. Well, we've had a lot of new bulbs put in it. Yeah. Well, it's not the one from Tron, then, is it? I would rather have the broken one. Yeah, this is than, the um, the one that works. The trigger from uh, Only Fools and Horses getting his award for for yeah. having his uh, <laughs> his brush for so long with it. You know, twenty seven new handles and um, eighteen new heads. It is, isn't it? So, what, what's your take on it? Then? Yeah, um, have you watched the um, Honey I Shrunk the Kids one? I haven't, but I've heard little bits about that. Ah, well, and, you you know, see, there's no massive spoilers. So no, by all means, that go takes ahead. it one step further. So, if I can explain okay. quickly, mm. um, in that, so obviously, in Honey, um, I Shrunk the Kids, the 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 big prop is the shrinking device itself. Yes. Yeah. Um, then it was brought back for um, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids, um, Honey, I Shrunk Ourselves. Um, and for the third one, which I believe is the Honey I Shrunk Ourselves, um, loads of changes had been made to this um, shrinking device, and, and they used the, the, the one that they'd been using all along and just made the, the changes to it. And what they do in um, that episode is they restore it to the shrinking device that you see in the first movie. Okay. So how they restore it is they, you know, they get this professional. He sources as many of the parts as he can. The ones he can't are 3D modeled and printed out. And all the bits that were put on for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 3 are taken off. And these new parts that have been either found or fabricated are put on to make it look like, again, like the one from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 1, which to me doesn't make any sense because at least when you have it from from movie number three everything is genuine as soon as they then restore it to the one from movie number one they're just using found parts that weren't originally there and using parts that they're 3d printed because they couldn't find the originals it becomes a replica doesn't it rather than 
than the actual. And, and the thing is, it gets really difficult. It's like if you if you've got that in your house and somebody comes in like, "Wow, is that the one used from the film?" Yes. If you've then got to follow up the yes with an explanation about what's changed and what's new, it's mm-hmm. not fun anymore. Yeah, but please you, the, watch the 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 Honey I Shrunk the Kids one because I think you'll like me almost kind of be screaming at them not to touch it. Yeah, I, that, exactly. It was so I just debated, and it was fine with it. She's like, "No, no, I understand it," and the blah blah blah. Uh, no, leave it. I would rather have something that was broken, mm-hmm. but all of it was used in a film than yeah. something that had been patched up and made modern. Because yeah. I looked at the Flynn's sign and I'm like, yeah, that was kind of cool, but that's not the one I saw on screen because you fixed it. Yeah, if you it if you want to work in me. one, make a new one. Yeah, exactly. And then call it a replica. Yeah, this is the replica, and look at it. It's all shiny and works, and then this is the original. How cool is that? Because people are going to look at this new fancy one that's been 3D printed and stuff. Look, I mean, you imagine trying to sell that. Yeah. Right. If you if you had the knackered old one that was used in the original movie, you would get more money for that mm-hmm. than you would for one that's been 3D printed and and redone. Mm. Because it's not it's not the original one, is it? Yeah, exactly. And I don't see the logic in Disney saying, "Yeah, we're fine with you wrecking the." <laughs> no. Uh, no. It's a George Lucas thing, isn't it? <laughs> Let me Lucas it. Um, I shrunk ourselves to to try and yeah to try and just make it you know back to the original, but it's never going to be the original. No, nope. I'm glad we're on the same page on that one anyway. Yeah, as as a, a fellow artifact collector, uh, you know yes. I'm uh, well and truly uh, on the same page as that. You know, obviously we need to um, tweet the uh, the guy from uh, Prop Culture and uh, say what you're playing at. We do what are you doing? We'll Stop on ruining our childhood. Let's ask him. That's possible. I'll find out. Next time I'm watching the episode, I'll get his name. I'll track him down. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say we've got so, some hard questions for you. Come on the podcast. So I think prop wise at the minute, I think the only actual props I own, I own the assault rifle that Neil Johnson gave me. I have got a piece of his time crystal from the mm-hmm. time war. And I have Charlie Bond's dress from dead air. Cool. So that's my three actual screen-used props. What do you want for Charlie Bond's dress? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was... <laughs> I remember uh, I was chatting to... I think it was Pete, Pete or Jeff. I think it was Pete, actually. You never know who's running the social media account at mm-hmm. the time. So you just go, hey, dead air. <laughs> you don't know who it is. <laughs> so they run about props. And I said, look, if you've got any props left, let me know. So they said, "Well, we've got uh, we've got two things left. We've got Charlie Bond's dress, mm-hmm. or we've got Kate's boots." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Okay." He said, "Which? Just let me know which ones you want, and I'll, I'll sort it out for you." So I'm like, "All right." So this, uh, he said, "Oh, I've sent it off now." So I'm thinking, "Great, this is going to be really embarrassing." So <laughs> this this parcel's going to show up at my door, and it's going to be a pair of women's boots or a woman's dress. So I had to explain it to Annette. I'm like, "Look, this will come. It's a prop." Blah blah blah, and I I wasn't sure what I was going to get until it showed up, and it was uh, it's Charlie Bond's dress that I've got. So mm-hmm. I have a on-screen dead air uh, prop. I also have their signed Blu-ray as well, which was quite good. So cool. It's a nice little dead air collection and the signed Sci-Fi Wheels picture, which is great. So I'm doing all right, but I, I really I think we should certainly you should, and I know I'm going to make an attempt to to do it. Is to just create our geek wall mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, over the next few weeks, just have a nice little area, probably behind our computer monitors, where we just geek the hell out of it and then take some pictures and share it across the internet and, and stuff like that. I think the, the problem I've had so far in actually creating the, the wall part of it, where I've wanted to kind of put sign photos up, is mm. um, I'm, I'm one of these OCD people when it comes to, like, picture frames. So I want yeah. a certain kind of picture frame, and I, then I want them all to be identical. Oh yeah, I'm not bothered with that. I don't mind them being higgledy piggledy. Yeah, I can't. I can't do. I can't do the oh. different <laughs> ones and and everything. So then I'm thinking, right. So for this wall, I need like what, eighty picture frames. Yeah, I can't mm. afford that at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you get the cheap ones that are fiver, yeah, that's still like four hundred quid. Yeah, you spend it. I can't find a decent place to buy big frames. Even on Amazon, it's like I've got, I went through all my posters that I've got under my bed mm-hmm. in poster tubes, and I've got like a signed. Oh, yeah, uh, under your bed. This will make my uh, work colleague, Abel, who does listen to the podcast. I keep forgetting that people from work listen to the show. So, hi, Abel. Uh, I am Groot. Uh, you'll know what that means. And I was showing him pictures of the signed stuff a few weeks back, and he was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then. I found under the bed all the other signed stuff that I've got that's just too big. I have no frames, so I've mm-hmm. got signed Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom poster signed by Harrison Ford and uh, Short Round. I've got signed Reservoir Dogs, signed Lord of the Rings, and so I went through with a tape measure and measured them all up, and I'm like, brilliant. Then I went on Amazon trying to find frames that are this size. Can't find them. Mm. They're they're like five centimeters smaller than they need to be, and it's like, well, I ain't cutting down a reservoir tongue poster <laughs> just so it'll fit in a twenty-five pound frame. But it's very difficult to find the big sized frames. I think. So. Yeah, the the best frames I've ever bought, and I can't believe we're we're talking about frames on a on a podcast. <laughs> it's um, better than talking about the real world in a minute. Um, um, there's a there's a company and I can send you their link if you'd like. Um, and um, they make frames to order. So literally on their website, you go right. I like um, that style. I need it this this width, this height. Um, yep, yeah, I want the uh, um, the mount um, as well for it. I need it to be this depth. And mm-hmm. in the post comes this lovely kind of custom made frame just for you. Um, and I ordered um, for my Nichelle Nichols sign photo, which will always be my my favourite because it was yeah. the first celebrity I I got to hang out with, and she was you know so nice. She's obviously from Star Trek, and it was really the, kind of the first sign thing in uh, in person I ever got. Um, so I wanted something really nice. So I ordered, um, I decided I'd order one of these frames, but the more you ordered, the better deal they'd do. So, um, I thought, well, at the time I was running my sci-fi shop. So, um, I think I ended up ordering eight or nine of these frames. Um, and you know, obviously I've still got them, um, (laughs) because I decided when they got here and I saw kind of what quality they were that I was keeping them. They are really seriously good quality. Um, yeah, but obviously, they are more pricier than than going into your local bargain shop and yeah, of course, and picking up your frames. But you know, if you're having trouble finding it, then that's probably the way to go, and you'll get a really decent frame out of it. But you try going into a bargain shop, going right, I need a picture frame, uh, one meter by two meters. <laughs> They're like, no, we don't have that. Mm-hmm. We got an eight by ten. That's not. No, I don't need an eight by ten. I need something that's big. 
because the, the ones I've got are cinema posters now that are all signed. Yeah. And I just do not have... They, they have sat there in tubes. I found, and this is the coolest one ever I found, and this was the reason I went hunting for the the posters themselves. I thought, crap, I hope I'm throwing this one out. And I went to San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I mentioned it now and again, 2016. And you would go around and you would just get so much free stuff. You would just, you go there at the right time. You're like, have some key rings, have some bookmarks, have some books, have some <laughs> posters. It was amazing. That's where I got those Power Ranger yeah. uh, posters from. So the ones I got for you, they're all from San Diego Comic-Con, given out by, you know, the, the, the crew, the film and stuff. So, they were giving out posters. I think it was Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. And one day they were giving a bunch of posters out. You would just join a queue and there would be like six or seven people and they'd all be dishing out one different type of poster each. Thank you. It's got about seven posters here. It's amazing. So one of these posters I got was for a film called The Woods, which never came out. The film never ever came out because the day after... You know, they'd made this film, The Woods, mm-hmm. and it was it was all it was coming out this summer, and it was a horror film, and blah blah blah. But unbeknown to pretty much everybody on planet Earth, this film was actually the remake of the Blair Witch Project. Oh. So you know, the the day one it was like Woods posters. So I got one of them. The day after it was like they'd got rid of all these the Woods posters, and they were all like the Blair Witch poster. So I have a set of each of these posters so i've got this poster of a film that never ever came out so i thought <laughs> i really want that in a frame because that's cool because people will look at that poster and go i've never seen that film oh mm-hmm. well, do you know do you know why it's the ultimate cool geeky thing so what you I've, want on that one um i've i've uh, collected some cool frames in my life um and um one particular frame i have is um for trading cards yeah and it's got um it's a big frame and it probably holds like kind of 30 odd trading cards um and um it's got like kind of the mount holding these individual cards in there but when you flip it over you it the back is also like the front so you see the reverse of the trading card yep you could mount those together and have the the woods and people going, you know, what's the woods? I've never heard of the woods. Turn it Literally over. Literally turn it over and go, there you go. But it was the one thing that annoyed me, and I managed to get the posters. Mm-hmm. But the day after when I went back and um, and I did manage, to, I'd like to say I got the posters, but they were they were doing this thing where the first however many people were getting them signed. Ah. And I absolutely love the Blair Witch Project. A lot of people don't, but I love mm-hmm. that film. I think it's so clever. Mm-hmm. The advertising was genius, and it's a, the film does creep me the hell out. And uh, Eduardo Sanchez, the director and writer of the original Blair Witch Project, was there signing <laughs> the post, and I'm like, he's one of my Facebook friends, and I've never met him, but I, and I really want my Blair Witch Project poster signing, you know, Blair Witch thing signing, or the Woods one would be amazing, because he was a producer on that film, mm-hmm. and it's like, so I tried to, look, can I can I join your queue to get it signed, and they were like, well, no, because they've cut the queue off, I'm like, but, but he's my Facebook friend. <laughs> and so he does appear in Experience at Comic-Con. You could see him signing all the posters, but I never managed to get mine signed. Oh. So m- maybe one day at some point. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you lived in the UK, it'd be well easy. But US, not so easy. But I do have these posters. So I was uh, 
that was that was a very long way of me going. Yes, I wanted to look through, find these posters, and I found a lot of sci-fi Wales ones in there as well. I just thought of frames. I found the signed Richard James one. Mm-hmm. I found uh, the signed Jamie Anderson one, uh-huh. which I got uh, some cosplay person. It wasn't top of the lines. It was somebody else who was dressed up like Harley Quinn. Oh. I think I won that one at the auction. I can't remember who she is. Who was the cosplayers on year one? Can you remember? Um, I, can't, I can't remember. Was it Wasn't Squeaky t- Bee? I think it might have been because it's you know it's signed, but a lot of the time you look at a signature yeah. and you go, I can't redo that. I don't know who that is. But um, I, think it was, I think it might have been Squeaky Bee. I'll send you a picture at some yeah, point. Yeah, you go, send me a picture. I'll send who's you that? Rinse. You can, and you can let me know. But I found all these posters in there. We like, damn, I've forgotten I had that because I just have not got the frame space to to put them all up. So, uh. you know, I have got winging from LA at the minute. I think it started off in Texas, believe it or not. It is a print of a hand-drawn or hand-painted Pollyanna McIntosh character from oh. the film The Woman, uh, signed personally by Vanessa McKee, who is the wife of Lucky McKee, who is the director of the film The Woman. So I, uh, I'd been speaking to Vanessa online. I'm like, you still got any of those woman prints left? She went, <laughs> yes. I'm like, right, let me know how much it's going to cost to ship to the UK. So she toddled off. She said, give me your address. Give her the address. She said, right, it's going to cost you just as much for shipping as it is for the print. I'm like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. So I think it was like $25 for the print and $25 for the shipping, mm-hmm. which is it's nothing. I'm like, can you uh, could you get lucky to sign it as well? Yep, not a problem. So that will be <laughs> one of my latest additions because I love the film, The Woman. It's it's brutal, but it's great. And uh, so Annette and I were watching the 75-minute shot behind the scenes thing last week. So it's kind of weird seeing Polly in, Pollyanna on that going, I was sitting chatting with her last year. It's very strange. Just one of my friends. <laughs> Very, very weird and surreal. Do you get that when you look at people on TV and you've met them at Sci-Fi Wales? You go, I met them. Or do you have you gone beyond that now? Where um, it freak you out a little bit? I don't know. There's there's days where you still don't believe it. And then there's days where you, you, you do and you're like, yeah, I've met them. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, it's nice when you've met them and they're really genuine that, genuinely nice people when you've met them and they're not or you haven't met them you're like go on i I, want to see you killed off in this scene no you know i don't want (laughs) to see you on on this show anymore and it kind of does put you off doesn't it it? i mean i i struggle with one actor who appears in films and i generally will not publicize him but I will publicise his films because you know it's not just him that's in the film. But it does annoy me if I look at a film and go, "Oh, that looks really good." Oh, he's in it. Mm. <laughs> it does. I don't, I don't want any money going into their pocket because they were a dick. Yeah. But but yeah. So it's quite nice. Every time I see John Chalice on something, mm-hmm. I look at it and go, "Do you know what? Such a nice guy." Oh yeah. He was genuinely one of the nicest guys that I've encountered I still swap tweets now and again with him but you don't want to pester him no I was sitting you know. watching um, on UK TV um, play um, the the green green grass they've got um, kind of all the episodes on there and I was uh, sitting watching that um, and Addy walked in and just like um, wanted to sit with me so we were kind of watching together and I was like um, you've met that guy she's like I can't remember yeah exactly she, she, she was too young she, 
how far back can she remember the sci-fi wheels thing? Just the past couple of, you know, yeah, the, the, the last two probably? Or? Yeah, pretty much. Um, anything before that is, is, is a blur. Um, you know, you've got to think she's only just turned eight, so... Because yeah. I remember coming down, it's like year one. Hi, Addy. How are you? Yep, great. Blah, blah, blah. Year two. Hi again. Year three. You're right, Addy. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? what do you mean? Who am I? You've seen me for the past two years. <laughs> it's like, it's very bizarre. It's I, like, know, I don't uh, even, I don't even know who you are. It's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? It's one of those <laughs> things, though. What What age do you remember um, yourself? What, what can you kind of go back in your mind to? <laughs> Uh, I remember being thrown over a fence by a Highland cow. Oh, lovely! Uh, you see, and, and I get ridiculed yeah. for goats. Yeah, it was in the full size <laughs> one, and it was. Um, I was so I was feeding it through the fence with grass, and then it had its head down eating the grass, and it lifted its head up and then scooped me up and threw me <laughs> up up there. And the, I think I was probably about six. But the only reason, I mean, I remember the cow incident, because why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. You, know, you, go, you go, oh, forgot about that time. I nearly got gored. Is because there is a photo of me at that place, and I look at it, and I think, yeah, I appear to be about six. But yeah. beyond that, it's probably a lot of my memories and stuff are going to the movies. So I remember going to cinema to watch Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. And then, so obviously, you know what year that came out. It was like, right, how old was that? I was seven. Uh, Cat from Outer Space, I remember watching that at the cinema. That was 1978, so I would have been seven again. Superman, I remember watching, so it would have been like 70, 78, 79. So every memory I have, it's like, right, let me just look on the internet and see when that was. Mm -hmm. But mine are all movie-related. I don't remember that much, so I'm probably a little bit older than Addy was or her age Mm. for my memories. But they're not like, oh, yes, I remember that day when we went out. They're very vague. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, you know, when you are really young, then obviously you're still going to remember. I think you must hit a certain age and your your mind goes, right, delete on the last five years or... Yeah, probably. It's like, sorry, we're not going to record that lot. It's going to be a lost episode. (laughs) So so I remember when I was writing my autobiography years ago, which I still need to go back and finish because I'm still doing stuff, but it was a major struggle. So you would remember stuff like I got thrown over the fence by a cow or, you know, my, my dad put a shotgun to my mum's neck so I ran out into the backyard and waited for the blast, which didn't happen. That's a true story. And wow. you think, well, I don't even know how I don't even know how old I was. Because you don't. If you remember an incident like that, mm. unless there is a picture yeah. or, a, or a musical song or something where you can go online and go, right, let me just look up and see when that was. And then try and narrow down the time scale. It's really difficult. Mm. You should write your life story. It's uh, it's hard work. It's like major jigsaw pieces, but fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. So that was a long way of saying probably around the same age as Addy is now <laughs> for my first memories. But uh, but she knows you now. She That's does, but I think if I come down again, she'd be like, mm, "No vague recollection." No, no, she, no. She, she, she does. She talks about you every week. <laughs> um, like, are you going off to do the podcast? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yep. Because you've done quite a few episodes now. I don't know how many you've done, but it's quite a quite a bunch now. Yeah, well, as you say, and you've you've told the story many times. It's a legacy. It is. And just let me know if you ever need copies of these on MP3 to stick on a thumb drive or whatever, because I can probably... I always make sure that in the show notes I put who's on the episode. Mm. 
because I learned that trick where it's like, you know, if I had a guest on, for example, I go, right, well, let me try and find out where, what episode they were on. That is not easy if I didn't do any show notes. So I always make sure that I put who's on the specific episode. So if you, and, if you uh, just want to name them all like kind of 1.mp3, 2.mp3, let me have them all. I'll just stick them on the website. Well, they are kind of numbered. I've made sure that they are numbered now. We're this is episode five hundred and twenty-four. Just to uh, just to let you know how many episodes I've done, which is quite a bunch. Yeah, uh, with with no sign of slowing down, really. No, just add, about... just adding new podcasts to the list. Well, that new one with no, the new one's easy because I was speaking to one of the other. Uh, people behind this film festival, mm-hmm. you know, one of my one of my many minions, and they were saying, you know, should maybe do a new podcast, but don't put those episodes on the feed that you, Rob and Bob, well, mainly you and Rob, because Bob shows up now and again. Maybe you know, don't do that because it'll sort of yeah, don't want to, don't want to taint it with Rob. No, well, yeah, exactly. That's what you said. Yeah, exactly. And it'll kind of drown out the the regular feed with all these interview podcasts. And mm-hmm. stuff. So maybe do a new one. So I'm like, all right, well, that sounds like work. And I don't really, I've got enough stuff to do. I don't need any more stuff to do. So I thought, well, what the hell can I call it? Do I call it the festival podcast? Do I call it, I don't, I don't know. And I thought, ooh, the spending time with podcast that works because i've kind of already done that with the website articles and with some of the video films so if i'm calling it that oh the questions that i ask on the website article i could just read them out on the podcast (laughs) so i thought well i need to go through this list and make sure there's a definitive list of these things which i did do not while I was at work at all. It was totally separate on my day off, I might mm-hmm. add. Uh, so I put this list together and printed it all out. And that is literally what I'm going to do. So I've got a whole set of sections of questions to ask. So whoever's on this podcast, it'll be right. So, for example, what's the what's the most recent book you've read? What's the longest day you've had on a film set? All that. So it'll be so not hard work for me. And uh, lots of thinking for them. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much going to be the basis of the new podcast so the people that submit to the film festival, it'll be a case of, do you want to be on this podcast? Yeah. Um, and then I'll do it that way. And maybe it'll become a thing of its own anyway. So, you know, at some point I'll get the aforementioned Stacey on the podcast, whether she'll be on this one, whether she'll be on the spending time with one, who knows? Mm-hmm. But I don't want to make any more work for myself because yeah. I'm doing enough. I've got more episodes of NYPD Blue to watch <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so... Speaking of questions, then, did you ever yes. get around to answering the questions I did for you? Um, the the ones that I actually have on my um, document that I'm looking at now. Yes, probably. Because <laughs> no, I never did. I never did. Because well, I well, think you, you'd send uh, I'm them sorry, through, I spent so some my... serious time thinking about these questions. You need to no, get it, around to them. You did, and uh, there is they are actually in the show notes, and they have been for the past few weeks. <laughs> so it's a case of well, I don't, don't want to lose them. So I thought I'll put them in the show notes and go through them at some point on a thing. So I can go through some of these now because we've got like 12 minutes till we finish. Yeah. So uh, why? Did, so question one was, why did you choose the name from page to screen for your website, etc.? Don't so say the fit- .com was available. <laughs> no, it was uh, originally, I think years ago, Annette and I decided, well, I don't know if it was a podcast or I think it was a physical shop that we, we just talked about. We're like, that'd be kind of cool. And she wanted to do like this bookshop 
and then she would get authors in and they would read sections from their books and stuff. And she went, well, you could also do like some of your movie stuff. So maybe you could sell movie memorabilia or do this and that mm-hmm. and the other. And you could record your podcast from the back room. I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of interesting. So hence the from page to screen mm-hmm. became the name. And then the shop never happened and Annette didn't do her book thing. And I just took the movie thing and up and run with it. And it became became its thing um, I don't know I think going back would I have the number two in it I think it makes it look more unique and brings up great results on Google but it is a bit awkward having to spell the name out after you've told people mm-hmm. so that's one thing that gets annoying it's, it's like when you you spell your surname or you tell people what your surname is and then you feel the need to spell it afterwards yeah it's like god's sake so yeah that's where that came from uh, your number two was what made you get into the world of reviewing movies, especially indie movies, which seems to be your speciality. Thank you. I like do like to have a speciality. Mm. Um, similar to you, it's always been a movie geek, mm-hmm. always love movies. And then I think that one moment where you go, I'm just going to talk about a film and maybe somebody will listen and acknowledge <laughs> my existence. And then a filmmaker comes back and says, oh, I like what you, what you wrote. And you go, oh. Mm-hmm. they sent me a message and there was a filmmaker years ago well he's still around obviously but Rod Lurie and he did a I think he wrote the film The Last Castle mm-hmm. which is a Robert Redford thing about a military prison and so I'd, I'd seen him on Twitter back in my way early days and then I think I'd commented on a couple of things and he, he replied back and I'm like oh <gasps> This person that works in the movie world has commented and he spoke to me. This is insane. This, oh my God, this is like the best geek thing ever. So then I figured, well, with indie movies, A, they need a little bit more support mm-hmm. because generally people will just cover the big films. They'll cover your Star Wars, your Star Trek, your Fast and the Furiouses and your comic book movies. Not many people are talking about indie movies and they should be because a lot of indie movies are far better than these big ones. Mm-hmm. So... I figured that A, they could use the help and B, as a selfish point, it's like I'm more likely to have them acknowledge me. Yeah. And then, you know, if they're like, wow, he's... And it worked. You know, when I started talking about the British movies more, it opened up so much more, uh, you know, so, so many more doors for me and then opened me up to be able to see more films than I would ever, ever have encountered. It's like, would I have ended up meeting Noel Clark? Or would I have ended up watching Bulletproof or or Top Boy or any if I didn't years and years ago start watching more British independent stuff? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So that's where that came from. Um, blah, blah, blah. Next one, you've done so many things from writing reviews, hosting panels, interviewing celebrities, writing and directing movies. What's next on your list of things to do? <laughs> uh, f- have we covered festival? that? Yeah. yeah, film festival, I think. Uh, do more movies. I enjoy the writing part more than the editing of the film thing. Mm-hmm. I'm still at the point where editing is a pain because I've not quite learned how to do it. I'm going to teach myself Photoshop a little bit so I can faff around and do a few things with that. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. and you know, generally see where I end up. Uh, where do I see myself at the end of this new decade? Probably still in lockdown <laughs> of, of some sort. I have no idea. I don't know. It's, I remember chatting to Neil Johnson the other year, and he, I think he'd made some comment or remark about, oh, I love how, you know, you, you've, you've pl-. he made something about planning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I haven't planned any of this. I really haven't, because I, I never could. 
I'm not that confident in me to go, right, here's the next thing I want to do. I'm going to become a festival director of a film festival because I would never think that A, I would be able to do it and people would go, "What? why are you doing it? But I am qualified to do it. So, yeah, I don't plan. Do you do it? Do you make like five-year plans or what's your, what's your goal? Um, I don't make plans as such, but I do keep lots of notes um so you know i'll be doing something and some kind of crazy idea will come to mind and it'll go in a book or a notepad somewhere and sit there and at some point it'll probably um kind of um be brought to the forefront and and worked on um but yeah there's no well right in the next 12 months i'm doing this and then two years after that i'm doing this it's just um to me i don't think you know unless you've got you know, serious um, kind of deep pockets when it comes to cash and that kind of thing. You can really do that because you never know what's around the corner. And, um, you know, so you could think, well, you know, it's it's easy to, to do X, Y, and, and Z. Um, and then, you know, find yourself out of a job two months later and not able to do any of it. So, uh, you know, I, I can't plan that way. But um, I, I certainly have lots of ideas and they are all kind of documented and can be worked on whenever. I think you're similar to me where it's a case of you have a list of things that you want to do, but you've also got your ears open in case somebody says, uh, Rob, do you find you don't generally don't call me Rob, but they'll call you Rob mm. is they'll say, how do you fancy doing this thing? And you go, okay. Yeah. Rather than no, sir, I can't do that. Cause it's not on my list. Well, when you, when you, you, you look at sci-fi whales and that was, uh, you know, that was originally going to be, um, an evening with Caitlin Blackwood. Yep. And uh, it, 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 you know, more interest from, from different celebrities meant that it kind of expanded and became Sci-Fi Whales and uh, the rest is Sever- history. Several, several years of that. Yeah. It's fun. So what we got? Uh, what's your most prized pre- possession on your geek wall? <laughs> I, I pondered this, but I've got to go with the signed Oliver Stone picture mm-hmm. because that was my first. Yeah. That was the first one where it's like wow that's mental i think close second and third would be my signed jerry Bruckheimer one and my signed uh, john carpenter one i actually have two john carpenter autographs in my house which is quite cool mm-hmm. but uh, yeah definitely the signed oliver stone thing uh, are, am i likely to still be eating a veggie diet at the end of this decade probably <laughs> probably it's i've not still noticed any it's still going strong i don't miss does, now and again you'll go do you know what i, I used to like big Macs. But I've not, I've never got to the point where it's like, right, I really need to eat a chicken. Yeah. I'm good. It's fine. And it does tend to thin down your diet. So obviously you go into like a, a takeout place or a restaurant, there's less things you can eat. Mm-hmm. You're, you're very limited. But uh, no, I'm enjoying it. Uh, Health wise, I think it's fine. So, uh, right. What we got? Uh, funniest story from your time doing from page to screen? The, the one that springs to mind, I think, is. Um, some uh, a British actor sent me his script, asking me for feedback. I went into this very detailed two, three page thing, this, that, and the other, and it turned out he just wanted to know if I liked it. So that was very <laughs> embarrassing because it's like, well, you said you wanted my feedback, and I thought that you were, yeah. So that was me kicking myself, but he didn't fall out of me, so that was kind of cool. And that taught me to not overcomplicate things, just mm-hmm. read it, and then if they then say, would you like any? You know, can you give me any suggestions then going with them? But I did feel like a bit of a tit 
on that one. Uh, Marvel or DC, I'm going with DC. I prefer the darker, Mm -hmm. more serious tone. However, Marvel do seem to be making better movies uh, (laughs) on that one. Any chance of Mimi 4? Who knows? Possibly. Um, (laughs) I I would much like to get the first three out of the gate first and then possibly. I did write another project for Lamissa, which is finished, called The Prey, which is uh, there's a location five minutes walk from my house, not even exaggerating, which I, I live in a town and we saw, oh, wonder what's down that road. And then what's down that road is the biggest forest you've ever seen. Didn't even know it was there. So I'm like, I need to film something here. So it's like, what can I film here? Uh, what can I do on a budget? Right. Oh, that could work. What what props have I got? Sorry, artifacts. What artifacts have I got that I can use? <laughs> Let's do that. So I sat down, uh, not while I was working whatsoever. I'm sure it was all of my days off and hammered out this 15, 20 page script uh, featuring Lamissa and one other character. So mm-hmm. that's not a Mimi 4, but it is a little little fun project for uh, for us to shoot at some point. And da-da-da. when you owned the video shop, was there a standout movie which was clearly the most rented? There was two. One was Ghost, uh-huh. which just rented for years. Rent one single copy rented for years. Is it, was, was that mostly um, uh, kind of female? Um, yeah, clientele coming in for yeah. for Patrick Strait Swayze. Yeah, I, I think it was for the pottery scene. I think yes. quite like that one. And uh, the other one was the Lover's Guide. Oh, uh, the first volume of that one, which and that was men was. That was pretty much men that would come in <laughs> about 11 o'clock in the morning and then they would return it about half two in the afternoon. They'd never rewind it. And it, for some reason, it'd be like 10, 15 minutes in. But then, and then it would come back the week after and rent it. It was, uh, it was very, very strange. So there was that one. Any regrets from your time working as from page to screen? No, I mean, some of the podcasting co-hosts I do miss mm-hmm. over the years, but people come, people go. Not everybody wants to do 524 episodes. <laughs> some people do have lives and they uh, they toddle off. So I do miss some of those guys, but I still keep in touch with them now and again. Uh, predictions, will VR become mainstream? I would love VR to become mainstream. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it will. But we need holodecks. We we do need holodecks. We need to be able to put it on, and there are some of them where you can just put it on and sit on a beach. Mm-hmm. That is very cool, and I'm still shocked that neither of us have really used VR whilst <laughs> we've been in lockdown to uh, to go outside. Uh, do you think celebrities will start to ditch social media to avoid the fan backlash for new film releases? Some do though, don't they? Mm, it's happened. Not many, but I've seen it on a few occasions, and it makes me sad mm-hmm. it's it, it, the social media backlash in general makes me sad i've seen a few people this week not celebrities but they were they were saying um you know i've shared my own opinion on my timeline but people are having to go at me for it so i might close my account and i've dm'd these people saying always remember that your timeline is yours mm-hmm. you can say whatever the hell you want on your timeline don't, you know don't be a dick about it but you can say whatever you want if people have an issue with that just block them mm-hmm just mute them or whatever but you know i think this week has taught me to shut up on uh on timelines because watching a lot of people being hammered for their genuine opinions is uh it's quite saddening uh do i get nervous doing anything for from page to screen i.e directing interviewing celebs standing in a stage hosting a panel etc <laughs> with the panels i get nervous afterwards really yeah, yeah. once some um, is that is that like it, it, 
just in case Bob toddled off and didn't press record. Oh, I went through it, right? So on the on YouTube, I've been piecing together the Game of Thrones one uh, with, of the little bits of video footage that we did. So this is the one with Ian White mm-hmm. and all the cast on it. And the audio is all complete because you managed to get me the whole audio recordings of all the panels. So I've got everything so I know what's missing, what's not. So I went through all the video clips and then put the audio on a timeline and found the video clips and synced them all up and put them on and then put chunks of black text in there saying video missing. My God, there's so much video missing on those. It makes me sad. It's like these are game. This is, this is me on stage trying to cast members of game of Thrones, a show, which is not around anymore. Oh my God. Why did he not film it all? What the hell? (laughs) Or the star Wars one. The start. That is my biggest regret. There's two, there's two actually biggest, big regrets. There we go then with the panels one is that the the panel with me and brian muir Mm -hmm. is not videoed in its entirety and that is one that i'm going through at the minute and trying to piece together because that is one of my favorite panels that was just like a one-to-one with me sitting next to him just having a chat and there just so happened to be an audience there i love that one and um and the star wars cast Mm -hmm. where that wasn't even filmed at all and it's like but I'm on stage with the Star Wars cast and it's like, you know, some of these people aren't even, one of them's not even around anymore. Mm-hmm. He passed away earlier on in the year and it's like, why is this not videoed? And so, yes, that's my regret that I didn't get a better cameraman, uh, to get them all videoed. So there was that one. But yeah, they're getting nervous. Um, I I think I get nervous probably half an hour before I arrive at the venue. Yeah. So we'll be driving down and it's like, right, okay, uh oh. <laughs> I've got like <laughs> seven or eight hours talking to all these different people from all these different films and shows with with no real break to go, right, let me just look at these notes, let me just catch up. And I love it that way. I would I would rather prefer it right, next, 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 because then you've no time to go, Oh my god, what am I about to do? Yeah. But but then afterwards it's like, oh God, how did that go? Did it go okay? I don't think I made a mistake. And I think out of all the panels I've done, which is 26, I think, in total, I only made, I think there was two fluffs. One, I got Tabitha Lyons' Twitter name uh, wrong, which somebody in the crowd very quickly corrected me on. Artifakes. Artifakes, yeah. I think I said Artiflakes or whatever it was or something. <laughs> I, it was like it's such it was an extra letter I put in there or left out. Like, I'm all right, chill out. I'm not you know, don't worry about it. Uh and then uh Laurie Good. Good. Because I pronounced it goody. Yes. Because that's the way it looked. And he was fine with it. He didn't like punch me or anything. He was like, it's actually this way about So and you've just you've no choice but to dig yourself out of the hole. You go, oh, sorry about that, because there's an E on the end. I figured it was this. It was fine. So that's the only two mistakes that that I've made, as far as I can uh, that I can tell. But yeah, I've got the ability to just keep talking until I dig myself out of a hole. <laughs> but but then afterwards, when I've come off stage, it's like, oh my god, what have I just done? How did that go? Did it? So I kind of get nervous after the fact. Yeah. But but never beforehand. No point because if you get nervous before you do something, you're more likely to screw it up. Yeah. So, so we've got that one. Uh, da, 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 da. Funny story, done that one. Star Wars or Star Trek? <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know because I, I genuinely love them both. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
I mean, Star Wars is obviously bigger than the the, the nine films or whatever it is now because you've got Mandalorian, you've got the two Ewok movies, and did you see that article I did on the website about what happened to the two kids from the Ewoks movies? I, I did that. I didn't, that, but um, that is a thing. That I, is a thing. You know, <laughs> one is quite happily going around doing conventions, and yes. So I did that one. I got bored one night. I'm like, I think we'd been talking about Caravan of Courage or something. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to see what happened to them too. So I just did a quick uh, quick article about what happened to them. I might even but, plan a screening of that when lockdown's over for me and you on a, oh, a project. Yes. Do a, do a Twitter watch party. <laughs> but no, I'd probably go with Star Trek, I think. Yes. It's like, because if you could watch one, if you could only have one in your life and not the other, mm-hmm. there's so much more Star Trek. There is. You've got like seven is it seven seasons of next gen, not eight seasons, isn't it? I suppose eight if you count Picard. But <laughs> so you've got all of those. You've got yeah. Voyager, Enterprise, DS9, Star Wars. You've got a bunch of movies, a couple of Ewok movies, and a Mandalorian, yeah. and droids, droids cartoons and stuff. So no, I would probably go Star Trek. I think on that one. Um, and yeah do you have a celebrity who you've worked with or interacted with and you'd love to work with again i've i would love to sit down for an hour and a half and chat with sarah douglas yep but and i probably have done over the amount of tweets and stuff that we've done (laughs) but i've not i did pitch a spending time with way back when but apparently she was doing a lot of similar things around that time Uh, so it wasn't something she wanted to do but she's definitely um one I would love to sit down with at some point. Same with Joseph Alton. Mm-hmm. I think at some point Joe and I will sit down and we'll just have a chat and we'll you know share drinks and we'll chat about Game of Thrones and Misfits and all that sort of stuff. But ain't nobody sitting down doing it. I could probably do it with a podcast, but I would rather sit down. I want to do some more face-to-face ones. Yeah. I so think for with a with a safe distance with so, um, the, Sarah, Sarah Douglas, I think with Sarah Douglas. Then would you um, be willing to wear a? Uh, a uh, Superman uh, costume? As long as she blows me a kiss, like she did Christopher <laughs> Reeve in Superman 2. But no, and she was she's somebody I have been in the same room as. I saw her years ago at a Comic-Con before I started like tweeting her and she knew who I was and stuff. And I saw her from a distance and I just took a picture because I was too damn nervous to go up and speak to her because it's like, oh my God, Sarah Douglas from V. Mm-hmm. Ah, wow. And I still have the picture, and it's not the best posed picture because she's talking to somebody who has no idea that this person is 50 yards off just snapping in a single picture of her. But I do still have that pic. <laughs> so what about you? You've interacted with a whole bunch. Who would be your <sighs> uh, your top lists? It's so difficult, actually. You know, it's not easy, when some, is it? you know, you don't obviously you don't want to um, upset anyone. Uh, you don't want to leave somebody out. No, You're like Richard Richard James is listening. It's like Rob, you bitch. Why didn't you pick me? What the hell? <laughs> you know, obviously, um, you know, for me, Richard James. Anyway, he's you know such a gent and such a nice guy, and um, you know, I class him, um, you know, as a as a personal friend. Um, now, so you know, I, I'd never leave him out of such a list. Um, Do you know what's weird? Though? It's like I've met Richard James once, mm-hmm. right? Just once, and that was. Very, but yeah, I've you know swapped tweets and messages and stuff. But he is somebody that if I saw him in the street, I'd be like, "Rich, how are you doing? I'm, how's that thing going?" And because he is such a personable, he is genuine guy. You wouldn't be like, oh, "I don't want to bother him" because he probably won't remember. I think if I walked up to Richard James, he'd be like, "Oh, I remember you." I, he seems that sort of person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know obviously you know I've got to say Nichelle Nichols because wow 
Um, you know, Virginia Hay. You know, <laughs> who she, we were both, who we were both stupidly nervous of. We were that first year. We're like, oh god, oh no. But oh, to to think back for the last tread. sci-fi whales, you know, kind of, you know, her running over and kissing me, and you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, she's lovely. Um, but there's so many. Um, you know, uh, you know. I have to say I have been really lucky and I'm sure, you know, you can say the same because, you know, even though we've talked about, you know, there are, there are people you meet and, you know, you then, then form a bad opinion of them. Not many, you know, though. Not many at all. Very lucky. You know, no. you know, 99.9% of the people who've been at Sci-Fi Wales or I've met have been the nicest, genuine, most genuine, you know, people <laughs> it's a funny story we won't mention the person's name because you know well, that's, that's the kind of professional people we are like <laughs> but it was like one of the years where uh, she was drunk <laughs> <laughs> and it was like 11 o'clock in the morning and she was there with a whiskey or whatever or brandy or something I think it was and vodka it was, I think it was vodka and you're like oh my god she's beating kids what the flip what's going on and I don't I think other than a higher I don't really think I interacted with her much either, <clears throat> to be honest. And it was like, you know, there's probably a reason why she didn't come back for future years. But it's like, <laughs> it's 11 in the morning, you're drinking vodka and there's kids queuing up to come in. What's the matter with you? So that's, uh, that's definitely one of my funniest moments. Uh, of, there's uh, obviously some, some celebrities who get carried away when they uh, when they, they uh, appear at Comic Cons. I mean, she was nice enough. She was like yeah. falling over desks or swearing at people. Over, but it's just like, okay, <laughs> it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I remember we were sitting around because I was in the same hotel as a lot of the guests. And that, I mean, that was mind-blowing. So this is year one. And I, I come down for breakfast on the morning of the event. And it's a big big round table behind me and all these famous people are there and I'm thinking this is nuts Look at all the, <laughs> my god that person's from like Doctor Who and this person's from Star Wars that all these people I'm thinking and then it hit me then I'm like oh my god they're all from oh I'm going to be speaking to all of them later on <laughs> oh my god and then uh, Miss Vodka was there and, and she was she said to somebody she's like so where's the venue and somebody went oh it's about 100 yards down the road that way okay are we being picked up? Well, well, well no, we're just going to walk down. Oh, we have to make our own way there. I'm like, it's 100 yards. What the fuck? It's not raining or anything. It was, and it was like, okay, you're going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it was And they didn't know who I was because obviously, who am I? Especially at that time. Afterwards, they kind of knew who I was because I'd been speaking to them on stages and stuff. But it was, uh, they, that was definitely a surreal moment with all these people. But then, um, you know, meeting Holly from Red Dwarf. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tina Simmons, she's definitely she's somebody that I would love to sit down with for a couple of hours and chat. And I yeah. think she knows that I'd love to do that as well because her filmography is oh, it's insane. Immense. It's insane that filmography, and so she's uh, yeah, she's genuinely somebody that I will hopefully sit down with for a couple of hours and go around. Let's just just go through your movies. Talk to me about the Omen. Talk to me about Superman. Talk to me about James Bond. So that's the same uh, as uh, Clemso. You know, you look at everything he's been in, and you know, IMDb needs to uh, to get you know better hosting. Yeah, the only thing with uh, with Clem, lovely guy, but he, uh, and I never quite understood what he meant. But he was he doesn't like being referred to as an actor. Mm-hmm. He he likes being referred to as 
like a background artist or or an extra, which I get, but it's like, well, and I remember having this conversation with him. I said, well, I'm not demeaning extras or background artists, but to me, you are an actor. Whether you've got lines on a thing, whether you're part of a crowd, whether you're just standing on a bus, you're part of the the acting crew that help build that world that helps us, you know, convinces us that the film is what it is. So mm. it, it was a whole thing on that one. I'm like, okay, I'd love to have sat down and spoken with him more on that one going, right, go on, make your point. I don't quite, I couldn't quite understand. But yeah, because, you know, I think, um, you know, we, again, he's very genuine down to earth. And I think, mm. you know, he, on, he, he feels honored to be in all these things. And, um, you know, the fact that he started his film career um, to make money to kind of fund um, his art. His art, and, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I suppose that shows what kind of guy he is. You know what I mean? You know, you know, you 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 know, say to him, oh, you know, it's, it's amazing, you know, that that you're this actor. He's like, oh no, no, no. It downplays it, yeah. doesn't it? Whereas I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't matter what role you played in these films, dude. You've been in Marvel, you've been in Star Wars, you've been in Bond. This is insane. We're we're so impressed, but. Uh... Because I had fun doing the, the the Marvel panel with him and Zara, yeah. Which is you know Zara Fithian's another one to love to sit down and and chat with. But to be honest, I've done. I think I'll end up speaking to Zara again when her new film Tribal comes out because we've already spoken about that. So she will be on a podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. But I don't know when the time would be right to sit down and spend like a two hour show with Zara to talk about everything. Because I think well, I've kind of done the Doctor Strange thing. The tribal one we're going to do is separate, so I think there'll be an ongoing series of, of chats with Sarah Fithian rather than a, an overview one, which I would do with Sarah Douglas. Sarah Douglas or Tina Simmons. Right, let's, we're just going to go through your entire filmography in two hours. Mm-hmm. I think with Zara, I'm doing that in chunks. So that's like a different way to do. Spending time interviews. with Zara. That would be good. Yeah. She's great. She's so down to earth. She is. She's lovely. Super genuine. Uh, you know, Neil Johnson, I've done so many chats with him it's like we were coming back from london after we'd been touring with rhapsody of fire and he said do you want to do a podcast on the way up i went do you know what no i just want to chat to my friend mm-hmm. so we just chatted on the way up rather than doing so neil what's next and i thought do you know what? No, i just want to chat to you i just want to have a conversation where we can just talk about crap and yeah and, and so it's great I think there's something nice about that I, I remember sitting there um after you uh picked up neil the camera yes um you know, that morning and you, you know, Neil came down and he was showing you how to kind of put the transformer together and, um, <laughs> yep. you know, all of that. I just found that fascinating. And obviously it wasn't questions about his movies, uh, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. It was just kind of normal everyday conversation about a camera. Yep. But that there's something special about that as well. I had to message Neil the other week. I'm like, Neil, what camera have I got? <laughs> somebody, asked, somebody asked me, and I'm like, I don't even know. I use this thing, and it's in the other room, but I don't even know what camera I've got. So he told me, I'm like, all right, that's what kind of camera I've got. But sometimes it is nice to just put down that professional, and I use that in quotes on my regard, uh, professional attitude and go, do you know what? I'm just going to speak to people as a friend yeah, and just have a conversation and stuff i don't want to do content 24 hours a day Mm -hmm. even though this podcast is nearing 24 hours 
running time. So we, this is a quarter of an episode. It is. This one, but we've, it seems so long ago since we talked about the craziness of the world. <laughs> Hopefully we'll go online later on. It'll have all sorted itself out. Yeah. I don't think it will, but you know, you never know. So, so sci-fi whales. Mm-hmm. So what is the first thing that springs to mind uh, guest wise or story wise, or what's your most fun experience from the, the, the four years that you've currently done on that one, what floats to the top? The it, it, it's going to sound staged, or or I'm just saying it to say it, but it's not. That the best thing about putting on Sci-Fi Wales is the fact that all of them have had such great feedback from people who've attended, celebrities, um, traders, just kind of everybody involved have given me such positive feedback. Um, you know, and you know, that, that is kind of the best feeling you, you could ever imagine as, as you were saying, when, you know, you were, um, kind of reviewing a, a film and, you know, somebody, tweet you about it you know who's who's been in it or something like that you know it, it's just a really special thing um so for me it's that but you know to to kind of pin down an actual moment i'm not sure it's possible unless it's when um um robert llewellyn um was in kind of the celebrity green room with um Hattie Hayridge, um, yeah. the female ho- Holly, and yes. um, it was them two. And I just happened to be looking after the room at the time, and they were they, they grabbed a cup of coffee or w- whatever it was. Um, and they're looking out of the the glass fronted building at the North Shore, and um, one's looking one way and one's looking the other, and the, the, they're talking to each other, oblivious of what each other is looking at, and. Um, uh, Robert Llewellyn says something along the lines of, um, isn't that beautiful? And uh, Hattie says, yeah, it's, it, you know, it, you know, it's amazing. And, and you can see they're clearly looking at different things. And then Hattie turns around and says, what are you talking about? You're talking about the wind turbines. And Robert turns around and says, yes. <laughs> um you know, that, just, that is that is the same year that John Chalice was looking at those wind turbines because we were stood at the front of the venue and he was looking. And he went, oh, "I hate those things, <laughs> ruining nature." <laughs> so, yeah, brilliant. That same year, and it, it's one of those things that, like I say, there was it was them two having a moment, and I just happened yeah. to be the other person in the room, and there was nobody else, and it was just such a kind of a wonderful thing to be um kind of the fly on the wall watching mm. um and it's just like there's those little moments that that kind of are unscripted and it's it's really kind of not about sci-fi whatsoever it, you know just catching these little glimpses uh, you're seeing the real people aren't you yeah. rather than that right now we're on stage we have to be funny yeah or we have to talk about this we're, if you, you need to get on to uh to the from page to screen youtube channel at some point and watch the norman lovett Mm-hmm. And Phil Philmar um, panel, yeah, because that is there's not even a red dwarf mentioning that damn thing. That was <laughs> that was the more that's also one of the most enjoyable panels of Dom because as soon as they sat on stage, it was clear that this was not going to be. Let's talk about your first appearance in an episode. Norman was just off on one. It was 
there was more like a stand-up comedy that show and it was to sit on stage with us two and try and hold your own it was like oh crap this is going to be fun but it's uh, yeah that's a really good panel so mm-hmm. I would definitely because you've not seen a lot of these panels but you put on the whole damn series no, of events you know, and you've not seen them all I think it's most crazy. years I try to kind of sneak up there for like five minutes here or five minutes there and just sit and yeah. um, kind of um, you know listen and, and that is kind of the the extent to which um it's all been done at one point you know i wanted to sit down myself and kind of do some editing but you know hopefully grab some footage from you and put some stuff together um and kind of have a look at it maybe um maybe it would make great filming on uh, a projector a great screen possibly but there are there are a lot i think i don't know how many i've put on youtube but i would probably say 14 15 i think Mm -hmm that are on there i think the um the star wars one's missing the game of thrones when one went on uh, the other week uh, i put the neil johnson virginia hay one on there yeah recent recently emma dark has also gone up there so there's there's a whole bunch because i'm trying to get them all on there so that people can watch them but also so you can watch them and i can watch <laughs> them and it's it's the legacy thing again isn't it oh yeah so but yeah i would definitely I'd i'd love you to see a lot of those panels and just hear some of those moments that will probably never be repeated on another panel because you put all those events on, didn't you? So not to blow mm-hmm. smoke up your rear end, but it was like that event was yours. Yep. So it would and be cool for you to be able to sit down and watch them. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of them, I, you know, I try every year to bring guests that, you know, don't usually do conventions or, you know, and, you know, there, there are people that you've heard of and there's people that you haven't heard of. And a lot of time, yep. it's great to have the ones you haven't heard of because you get stories that haven't been said at every Comic-Con up and down the country and, um, you know, something a bit different. A dead air one. You get to hear me describe Andrew Spooner, master puppeteer, as somebody who fists Muppets for a living. <laughs> that is a true story how I actually introduced Andrew Spooner. <laughs> Because <laughs> I forgot what his proper title would be, so it's like, hey, and he's Peter Hearn, he, he writes, and here's Jeff, and he directs, and here's Charlie, she's and she's a, she acts, and here's Andrew, and he he uh, he fists muppets for a living, <laughs> and it's like, and it just it broke the ice. Dave was there, and Dave actually got his name Dave mm-hmm. on a podcast that I did with uh, with Peter and Jeff at one point. I'm like, let's call him Dave, and then it stuck. So, you know, it's it's spawned out. I think. So the stuff that we do and the stuff that you do spawns out into making all these new relationships. It's like, you know, Neil speaks to Zara now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, Zara speaks to me, but I knew Zara before Sci-Fi Wales because I think I was, I helped bring Zara to Wales. And then, you know, Emma Dark appeared there and I knew Emma before. And so it's... Well, uh, Gareth David Lloyd's done stuff with the um, the Huvians team now. Really? Okay. Yeah. And again, that's responsible. That's stems back from the domino effect of sci-fi whales mm-hmm. it? it does so uh, that's the name of the, the name of the film the domino effect of sci-fi whales <laughs> featuring goats but uh <laughs> so yeah so i am going to let you go because this has been a two and a half hour podcast it's probably the longest one i've done for quite a while but it's been a ton of fun it has uh, it's I been could, a pleasure i could happily i could happily chat for another few hours and cover a whole bunch but we shall uh resume again next week i think sounds good and uh and wishing you all the very best for the coming week rob the same for you 
hoping that planet Earth calms down a bit. Everything in the US does. Well, I don't want to say calm down. There is no right or wrong thing to say about all that stuff that's going on in the minute. I just hope it... it I don't know. Well, I hope right. something good comes out of it. That's the thing. That's, let's let's go with that. One. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and I'm glad that murder hornets are no longer mm-hmm. a thing. So uh, yeah, I'm going to leave you to it, Rob. But thank enjoy. you very much. It's been thank a pleasure. you very much. I'm going to sleep well tonight because I finished work at seven o'clock this morning. <laughs> been a lovely long day. But thanks again, and I'll chat to you soon. Take care. Okie dokie. Bye. Bye bye. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.